Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday, 25th of July. You should have been paid by now, actually, if, you, if, you're, uh, if your company's up to it. Then uh, money has flowed. Although, to be quite honest, who's got the strength to go to the bank and get it out? I've got any strength at all in this weather. In fact, uh, as, as days go by, I suddenly was yesterday, I don't cope in the heat. The trains don't cope in the heat. I'm lucky when I go home, I'm actually quite lucky that, uh, that in fact, the trains are really empty because I'm sort of leaving, you know, early morning. Most people are coming back in the other way. Although in the heat, a lot of people have taken time off work. They've said, no, I don't want to go to work today. And the boss have said, well, can you work from home? Because some people can. Over in Greece, they've got wildfires all over the place. A nightmare, an absolute nightmare. People, you know, standing in the sea to try and keep away from it. 26 people uh, were found huddled to death on a beach. And uh, that's bad news. A complete disaster for them. They've got various uh, survivors talking about it, and the heat wave goes on. And for that, there's no end in sight at the moment. I don't know, I mean, I don't know how much longer it can go. What happens if it keeps going? Just supposing, hypothetically, it goes on for another year. Does that mean then we have no water at all in this country? I mean, well, in, probably in three months, actually. But uh, we haven't got a hosepipe ban in London. We're still, we're still watering lights. Sorry, I'm going to make a little bit of noise in my microphone. There you go. That's only because it's, it's sort of... Call me pedantic, but it's the way I like the microphone to be. I don't want to be too too close to it, but I want to be far enough away. Yesterday we talked to Adam Hills. Adam Hills, who's got a book out at the moment. It's all about his his life uh, before he arrived at the TV programme. He's a, he's a stand-up. He does Edinburgh. He does loads of things. He was such a nice guy. Really such a nice guy. And I think you're going to be hearing him this weekend. And I think you're going to be hearing him with Joe Pasquale. Joe is just coming to the end of Some Mothers Do Avum, which I think finishes on Saturday. And then he's going to be with us for the programme. Uh, so that's, that's those two. Today I'm going to be talking to... Who am I talking to today? Oh, I'm going to be talking to Helen Lederer. Uh, because she's up to Edinburgh as well. So, a busy time, actually. Very busy time. Billy Joel says Elton John is past his sell-by. He said, you know, it's bad when musicians keep releasing music which isn't up to the standard of their original stuff. Because I had a piece of music from Elton John. Remember I played it to you? And I can't remember what it's called, but, it, but it's got a hook line which goes... Dun, dun, dun. And it's, it's... That sounds rubbish, doesn't it, actually? In fact, the more you hear it... But he, he, he played it when he was doing The Park... And and it was it's it's got a hook line that just just seems to work. It really does. Elton, who was hugging Prince Harry the other day, and that's allowed, uh, or if it's sort of something that we're not been told about. But anyway, apparently, uh, because I think Elton did Elton go to the wedding? Did he go to Harry's wedding? Oh right, that's because of the mother thing. And so Elton, desperate to cultivate anything that vaguely resembles British royalty, is there like a shot, like a shot. I should imagine actually the old husband must have been furious. That he wasn't there to uh, muscle in on the uh, on the photographs, so that's a quite nice one. That's in the pictures today. Uh, also, celebs go dating is back. It's a shame they couldn't actually find any celebs. Seriously, Chloe Sims. I ask you, Chloe Sims. She must be about ninety by now. What's she doing on there? She won't find anybody in there. Nobody's interested. And the reason is these people. That the, there is a reason why they're all single. Why do you think Danny Dyer's daughter? is on the programme because she can't find a boyfriend. Why can't she find a boyfriend? Watch the programme. That'll tell you. Cheryl Tweedy apparently is having coffee dates with a mystery man. A bit soon, isn't it, dear? 
Obviously not as heartbroken as we thought you were. So that was another load of old cobblers, was it, really? Three weeks, precisely, since uh, Liam's uh, moved out of his house. Maybe you should go and buy a place you're supposed to be loaded and rich, mind you. The decline and fall of Katie Price. Oh, God, it's all gone pear-shaped. Uh, most of the papers are running with the fact that there is no money. Uh, she's going to have to sell the house. Mind you, she hasn't got any money. She's going to pay the tax bill. And yet here she is frolicking around, simulating sex on holiday with a photographer and their set-up pictures. And people have now said, I think loose women are quoted as saying that she's been sidelined. They're not really interested in having somebody like that on the programme. Uh, but they allowed the uh, Mel B, apparently she was in a little-known group called the Spice Girls, and um, and Mel B, who's the one at Threesomes, and uh, the, the one there had uh, Eddie Murphy, and uh, all the other little bits and bits that goes on in her life. Basically, she's brassic as well. But Loose Women allowed her to plug her book. Yes, I've got a book out and it's explaining. I'm sorry, is, is that allowed? Janet Street Porter told us the other day of her toilet habits. She's not going. So they asked the audience of Loose Women... Uh, what the remedies would be, you know, prunes and all that kind of stuff. And then you suddenly realise they're only asking because all the audience for Loose Women, the television audience, is so ancient. They're all in homes. They know what it is to help with things like that. And Janet Street Porter's telling us. It's a bit worrying, actually, when you get some poor old woman like that telling you those sort of things. We don't need to, don't need to know that, do we? Uh, also, the ex-Special Forces soldier in the paper today risking his life to expose the brutal Mexican drug cartels. Because the one thing that they have in Mexico is drugs. The one thing that they're prepared to do is behead people. It is not uncommon to find headless bodies piled up by the side of the road because it's a warning to other... It obviously doesn't work, does it? Because they still carry on. And it's the drug cartels. told you before, the tunnel that leads out of Mexico City. They had 40 bodies hanging from the roof. Headless. The heads were all piled up outside. And you think to yourself, do you want to go there on holiday? A friend of mine's going over. Two friends of mine are going over there on holiday. I said, are you sure? Really sure? I don't know. I don't, I don't like any places like that. I'm sure it's beautiful. I'm sure parts of it are absolutely stunningly beautiful and wonderful. Uh, also, uh, Demi Lovato's in hospital. I had to go to my A to Z of popular beat combos to find out who the bloody hell Demi Lovato was. And I'm number wiser at the end of it. She's done uh, cocaine before. She's talked about smuggling it on board aircraft and stuff like that. What is it with these people? Here's me. I've struggled around to find a tea bag this morning. And so I've got it. It was lovely. I don't like running out of tea. And they're, they're worried about cocaine and heroin and stuff like that. All I'm worried about is a tea bag. That, a decaf tea. Did you go for decaf tea? What difference? I mean, does it make a difference, decaf tea? I don't, I don't really know whether it does. I saw it on there. I didn't want to touch it. And all the other ones are way too posh for me. The sort of black currant nirvana or something, you know, white gold or all these different bits. Of, well, the, well, the stuff that O'Brien... They were trying to find his mug the other day. Somebody's obviously half-inched it. And he puts this thing which looks like a triffid in there. And in, in, the, in the hot water in the infusion, it sort of opens up, practically drags you into the glass. He's very odd. Very odd. I mean, to be honest with you, for a champagne socialist, I don't know how he copes with half the posh stuff he's got. Really is. It's, you know, not like the rest of us common people. You know, me, cup of tea, and watering the plants. Oh, I drenched them this morning. Oh, did I drench those plants? Oh, I, t I spent a good 30 minutes. I drenched them completely. My hose was bursting, bursting. And then I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll fill up the water butt with the neighbour's hose. So they have an outdoor tap. So I've, I, t 
turned on their hose. Honestly, it was running away all over the place. No, the, no we don't have metres. No, so it doesn't make any difference. And so, and I put that into the water butt. So I filled the water butt up with water from somebody else's place. And then, and then that overflowed. And anyway, so I'm still, still watering. And I got to the end. I thought, oh God, I'm going to start watering again. So I go back to the beginning because if, if it's a bit windy... The combination of that and the humidity dries out the baskets really quickly. You can tell because once they start swinging around in the wind, you've got problems. Uh, Eamon Holmes was on the television yesterday, very unwisely, wearing a white suit. I mean, really, if you're that size, a white suit is not very good. It emphasises. But he he nearly got eaten by a dinosaur. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, surely the dinosaur should have been a worried that Eamon was on there, because have you seen the way that Eamon devours food? It's like he's eating for the 5,000. So imagine the dinosaur could... Although the dinosaur had already smashed a vase, I think, in the studio. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, a million fed-up customers switching banks in the last year. I, was, I mean, I've often thought about it, and I thought, you know, to be honest with you, I can't really be bothered. It's too much effort, isn't it? And a lovely picture of Dame Judy Dench and the Duchess of Cornwall cooling down with an ice cream on the Isle of Wight. Oh, it's nothing better. I, was, I bought water in Costco yesterday. Do you know there were parents in Costco and their children were running around in their underwear? What sort of people let their children run around in their underwear? Inside a shop? Inside a shop, honestly. Talk about trash. But anyway, so um, uh, I, was sort of, I was cooling down, so I bought two bottles of water. Well, by the time I got home, one of them was nearly room temperature. It doesn't... They don't... What, what they've got to invent is a bottle that keeps the water cold for longer. You know, so, you know, later on in the day, it's still cold. And I know you're going to tell me it's called a thermos flask, but I can't keep emptying water into thermos flasks. What I need to do is find some sort of bottle that's constantly frozen. That, I think, would be quite nice, but uh, probably not in my lifetime. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the, the trainee vet. She was a trainee vet nurse and she was about to start her, her job uh, and they, they went round to the house. Obviously, just to make sure she was OK. What did they find? A hundred and ninety-six dead and dying animals in cages. What sort of pervert is she? I mean, you can't let this woman anywhere near animals. They were in cages. Most of them were dead on the floor. But the worst picture, the worst picture in the papers today. I mean, it grieves me to even tell you about it because it's just not, not nice. Because this is the time of year that ducks whack, whack, have, have little babies. Whack, whack. Again, and there's lots of them. And they can have anything from two up to about 14. And so you get a lot of... Because we've, we've had quite a number of, uh, of ducks in the park. I try and get rid of them as quick as possible because you don't want them coming back. It's like pigeons. You know, pig- pigeons have, have to go. The only good pigeons are dead pigeons. And uh, so the ducks... They, they've come from St James's Park where there's a lot of ducks. A lot of ducks this time of year. And... And the ducks got little ducklings. Three little ducklings. Not anymore. No. We are one whack, whack, short. Because the Downing Street cat, the one from Palmerston, the Foreign Office cat, got one. Now, I don't want to point you in the direction of a newspaper, but there is a picture of the duck whack, whack, with two whack, 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 walking behind it. And then there's the cat with a dead duck in its mouth. I mean, it's just... I know that's what they do. And ducks scatter everywhere, don't they? But this one didn't scatter as far as they probably... Thought. Bad, bad Palmerston. Bad Palmerston. Naughty, naughty. Straight to pussycat hell. 
I think. You mustn't eat things like that. And it's actually got it in its mouth. And somebody, and somebody had the audacity to take a picture of it and put it in the paper. I was so upset. I had to go and watch Mr Holland's Opus again on YouTube to really depress myself. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Captain, my captain. <laughs> I'm worse than Danny Dyer. I mean, she sobs because she thinks, you know, nobody wants to go out with her, which, of course, is a brilliant deduction. I sob if it's a sad movie. Seriously, I mean, I, I still sob at E.T. I sob at all the, all the sort of films. People go, did you cry at that? I said, what do you mean, did I cry at that? I'm still crying. Even though I know it's a film. I realised some years ago, E.T. does not exist. I realised that Mr Holland's opus is just pretend. I realised that Dead Poet Society and Captain My Captain is pretend. Even though one of the boys committed suicide at the school because his father was, you know, you will go into the academy, you'll do the, this and you think. You know, sometimes parents are very blind, aren't they? Uh, so what else we got? We've got, uh, oh, a plastic surgery addict. This is another peculiar one who spent £100,000, apparently, uh, so she can look like Wonder Woman. Why would you want to look like Wonder Woman? Why would you want to look like Wonder Woman? And she spent £100,000. You know it's a lie. Of course she hasn't spent £100,000. Otherwise the tax fund will be asking, where'd you get that from? And uh, what was the other one? Uh, Demi Lovato, Demi Lovato. Oh, yeah, and the Thai cave boys are going to become Buddhist monks. Imagine, you've just been rescued from a cave thinking, whoopee, we can play football, you're going to be a monk. What? Do I have to be a monk? Yes, because it's a great honour to be a monk. And so they shave all their hair off. And I think a lot of parents put their, their children into monkeries and they go there, and then they learn how to be good Buddhist monks. I suppose you can come out later. I think it's a bit like going into the army, isn't it, over there? I think so. So I'm going to enjoy my cup of tea. I don't care. Seriously, I really don't care. It's such a nice day yesterday. A bit hot for me. And we're still number wiser on the Burger King at Waterloo Station. It was closed again. Unless they're just opening later, and they can't be bothered to do the early morning commuter run. Perhaps it's not worth their while, so they, they open about 11. I don't know. But they certainly weren't open when I was there uh, yesterday. Uh, Does Elton gate crash every wedding or funeral in Britain? My first wedding song was your song, and now I'm broke, because the missus thought it was her money I earned, says Cliff. I think Elton, he, he does funerals. He does. It does. It opens at, at 11. They've started opening at 11. How lazy. Exactly. So, you know, basically, pfft, screw you, all those people who do the early morning thing, because it's not for you. They open at 11. Imagine if we went, I'm terribly sorry, Steve Allen doesn't want to start work at uh, four anymore. Um, he'll be with you about 12, something like that. And you go, God, people will be complaining left, right and centre. Like, you know, I'm expecting a shop to be, everything else is open there. In the early hours. Admittedly, the service wasn't, uh, wasn't brilliant, not brilliant. Uh, Monica says decaf tea is just coloured water. I've tried it, actually. I've tried it. I've, I've, I've found some, some early tea bags, which are good. Uh, baked beans, says Cliff. Uh, yeah, they've, they've been told off twice. Twice now by this advert making ludicrous claims about baked beans. And, uh, and somebody says, in our office, all the air conditioning has failed to work. But our manager said, we still had to work. Uh, you don't have to work if it's a certain temperature. There are laws on uh, what you have to do. And uh, actually, going back to places, not bothering to open yesterday, the producer, because he was doing a thing, we both had things to do after the programme. He normally goes home to bed. I've been to bed. And, and he went out for a bike ride, fell into a pothole, got a, got a flat tyre. Not happy when he got back here, as you can well imagine. But uh, he went up Oxford Street or down Oxford Street, about 9.30 yesterday morning, on the way back to here. Everything was shut at 
Nothing opens. Seriously, they don't they don't bother opening. Ten o'clock seems to be the normal thing now, doesn't it? Can you imagine? You know, so everybody's sorry. The breakfast show this morning. Tom Tom will be with you, you know, around about seven thirty, eight o'clock, if that's all right with anybody. How ridiculous. Honestly, well you know, why do they keep forgetting us? Those people we are the forgotten ones, aren't we? We are we are the children. We are, we're, we're the ones who nobody cares about. Burger King couldn't be stuffed whether to open or not. I'm trying to think, was I back at the station by 11? Maybe I wasn't, actually. So, in other words, Burger King there have failed to do breakfast anymore, so they don't need to do any of their breakfast stuff, which means no more hash browns. No more hash browns. It's like, I mean, I, yesterday I, I had a craving. But anyway, that aside, I went to McDonald's, and I thought, I'll have a quarter pounder with cheese and large fries. And so she said... Is that a meal? I went, well, it might not be to you, but it's certainly a lot to me. She said, do you want a drink with that? I said, no, no. And then I changed my mind. So I had not the fries, but I had a chocolate milkshake, which was lovely until I got onto the train. Then it started melting like there was no tomorrow. By the time we got, we pulled out of Waterloo Station, I'm holding, basically, a thin chocolate milk. Because it doesn't last in this weather, because you're holding it and the heat from your hands. It's awful, isn't it, really? So then I went to, uh, to Costco, as I say, to see all these, all these parents with their children and their underwear running about all over the place and screaming, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, God, take them out. Mind you, they did eat pizza with a knife and fork, which I was a bit impressed with. So perhaps they weren't from the wrong side of the tracks. But uh, I thought I'd buy some cases of water. So I bought one for Lynn. £3.20, I think, for 40 little bottles of water. So it's very good. I know, you know, you get it free out of the tap, but most people like bottled water. I don't know why. There must be some sort of reason for it. But anyway, and I bought some water as well and then put 12 bottles in the fridge. And this morning, it's beautifully cold. It's really, it's nice and cold. But by God, if I drink it, I'm in the toilet within five minutes. I can't drink it and go a bottle of water and then go and sit down in the kitchen watching television. I might as well head straight for the bathroom because any time soon it's going to be emerging from my body. Ridiculous. Uh, and the shopkeeper. Why won't the police help him? I'll tell you that sad story in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. So they're calling it the Bake District now because there's no water. It's it's very cold and all the, and very sort of uninteresting. The party girl who fled the Hilton Hotel in her pyjamas... It's pictured in the paper today. What is going on? What is going on? And uh, David Gandhi, uh, he's just a male model. I don't know why we consider him to be any different from any of the other male models. He's a clothes horse. That's all he is. doesn't matter, you know, whether he can string two words together or not. Uh, the price is falling. Three divorces, debts, drugs, battles over kids. Fortune never was there. And facing bankruptcy. Can't help feeling ha, 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 ha. I mean, put it this way, how many opportunities do you need? You imagine if you had the opportunities she's had. That shows how thick she is. That shows how thick she is. That she's completely, you know, screwed up her life. Completely screwed it up. All because, you know, people try and offer advice, she couldn't care less. That's the one bad thing. You know, you get people who you offer advice to and they just totally ignore you. And you think, but that's why you're in the state you are. You should take advice. And of course she doesn't because, you know, the price is always right. Unfortunately, the price is always wrong. And very shortly, the tax man will be knocking on the door. He wants his money, girl. I hope you've got it. I hope you've got it. Perfect weather in uh, in Devon. Got jellyfish the size of dustbins, says Paul. Yes, I saw a thing about the jellyfish today. Some kids, though, you have to say, don't go anywhere near them. Don't go anywhere near them. Please don't go near them. Because, you know, one sting, if you're a little person, could be absolutely fatal. There's uh, uh, police desperately searching for a little girl called Morgan Glendinning. It was last seen on Monday. She's 13. 
She's feared uh, to have run away to meet a stranger she met on Instagram. Here we go again. Here we go. But the difference with uh, with this little girl, Morgan, is that she's diabetic and she's only got enough insulin to last for three to four days. Her panicked parents fear she's travelled to Ealing in West London from her home in North Ants. Um, saleswoman Sharon says, we always had concern about her social media use. We're always wondering what they're looking at. Well, why didn't you go and have a look then? Anyway, they've deactivated her account loads of times. She'll install another account. She's just like any other teenager. They're all secretive. Well, luckily, darling, they're not all secretive. They're not all secretive. They're really not. And uh, she said she hasn't been missing like this before. They've given police the name of somebody she talked to on Instagram. I mean, it's... I don't know what advice you can give. I don't seem to be able to give advice on things like that anymore because you can't stop kids... Uh, going onto the internet, discovering all sorts of things. They talk to people on Instagram. They're probably not the people they think they are. It's just people who have made up addresses and probably going, oh, I'm a 16-year-old boy, I'd love to meet you and all the rest of it. And it might turn out that it isn't a 16-year-old boy, which is, which is sort of when it gets very, very dangerous. Uh, Elton John doing a bit of a hug. He always looks uncomfortable, Elton John, mainly because whoever hugs him can't get their hands around his waist. It's a bit like hugging... Eamon Holmes, you can't, it doesn't quite work. It's not, it's not sort of working like that at all. Brown bears uh, in Russia on a site uh, near Yelizova. Makes it, if you do it like that, it makes it sound like you know what you're talking about. So people go, oh, he obviously knows. You know, if, if it had been in Japan, I'd go, Hiroshima. You know, and all of a sudden you think, oh, he knows what he's talking about. This one here is actually not a good story at all. It's a cemetery in this place called Yelizova. And brown bears who live in the woods, who are very dangerous, and forage, have suddenly realised there's food in a cemetery. And their sense of smell is very good. In fact, it's exceptional. It's almost as good as polar bears, who can apparently sniff out something about three miles away. Anyway, um, they ransacked 20 recently filled graves, literally to dig down in the earth. Because have you seen the size of Bear's Port? You know, to open up the earth wouldn't take too much. And because we don't bury people in concrete, um, they um, they rip open till they get to the coffin and then they rip open a lid with their claws and then body parts were strewn all over the place. Anyway, two of them have been shot dead now. And uh, the local official, Dmitry Shiptsein, accused gravediggers of being too lazy to dig to... Because you're supposed to dig six feet, supposed to be six feet down... Then you can put the coffin. And the, re- the reason that it's six feet down, you may be wondering whether or not, you know, it's necessary, is because that's when the heat starts forming. So, in other words, the reason that we bury people six feet down and the reason they have to come back is because the heat will build up. Like having a compost. Gardeners will tell you. You have a compost in the middle of winter. You can see the heat rising from it, from the middle. And that's exactly the same with, with graves. The heat rises. It will then you know, start obliterating everything that's in the coffin and then eventually the coffin collapses and then the ground drops. And that's when they know to come along and fill up the top of it. But if you're not digging down to six feet, there's a very good chance that you're not uh, you're not doing it to the correct level. Uh, here's a picture of little Eamon Holmes looking a bit girly-fied. You've only got to have anything sort of around him and you get like that. But the trouble is, this, this dinosaur should have panicked. Eamon could eat a sofa. Seriously. And if he doesn't take that with the spirit in which it's meant, he's not the man I thought he was. Uh, the Daily Star today, well, it's all, it's all come to a point, hasn't it? Boiling point. They've got a picture of the sun on fire. So that's it. The end of the world as we know it. They're going to make a movie about Torville and Dean. 
So their figure skating glory is being turned into a big budget TV movie. Oh, really? Oh, quite fancy that idea. We, we, we like Torville and Dean. I'm not sure whether or not it's, it's uh, of any interest. Megan Barton Hansen, that's the porno actress who disports herself on the internet, and she's worked as a stripper, a webcam girl, which is roughly akin to prostitution. You know, somebody pays you money and you, you perform for them. And a glamour model. Now she fears that going naked and performing will ruin her chances. Well, I mean, we know what you are, dear, so as long as you stick to the same line of business, you should be absolutely fine. I don't see any, any problem at all. Uh, is there going to be a split between um, foul-mouthed Danny Dyer and the pretty little boy with the veneers? Uh, or is it all gone pear-shaped? He's still in the house, but I have a sneaking feeling he could be off. And she says, I don't want to be with like someone, you know, if they're not, you know, not being honest with me and all the rest of it. And that's why, of course, poor old Danny Dyer is single. But because she's so simple, she doesn't understand how it works. So, you know, people might have to explain it in there to her. I'm a bit disappointed they're closing down the Red Arrows base. 600 people are going to be out of work. I mean, isn't that sad? What a tragic indictment of the state we're in at the moment. And uh, I'll tell you a story about uh, Little Mix. They shattered a fan's dream, but they can't be everywhere, as you'll find out in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. This uh, store manager is Bournemouth. You know, the one who put the pictures up in the, uh, in the window. His name's John Kepi of Sweet Thoughts in Bournemouth. And uh, he says he's been told it could be illegal. He said, I've had enough. Three girls came in, stole drinks and spat at me. Yeah, I've heard of this before, though. And there's a reason, John, why you can't put pictures up because they've not been convicted. That's why. The police got the police got done themselves for this. So if the police start coming on heavy to you, you go, excuse me, you made the first mistake. They actually started printing, I think, somewhere in Essex, pictures of local criminals to deter them. And somebody came along and went, you can't do that. You can't do that, Sunbeam. Which is a shame because that's what I'd want to do. But there you go. So uh, he's, he's been given a rap on the knuckles. So somebody comes in, nicks drinks and then spits at you. I mean, really, filth, filth. Anyway, here's a story. Of, uh, of a Little Mix fan. Her name is Jessie Mills, and uh, she's made a wish. She's been given six months to live. Uh, the family tried to arrange for her to meet Little Mix, and uh, they were turned down. Uh, Sister Gemma says, Little Mix are Jessie's favourite ever band. We tried to fix up a meeting through a charity called Rays of Sunshine, but were devastated when they said they'd been told by the girls' management they were too busy, which is probably a load of old cobblers, I should imagine. They wouldn't say that if it's somebody dying. They would just go, it's not a case they're too busy. It's not easy to fit it into their, their schedule. This girl's been given six months to live. I mean, I, I went to meet somebody. Years and years ago, I went to a, a home. It was a lady who was a, a big fan of the programme. And uh, and she was dying and she wanted to meet me before she died. And, you know, you might think it's slightly mawkish, but she'd been listening to the programme for such a long time. And I think she probably couldn't believe it. And so I turned up and we had pictures taken and everything. And I think about a month later, she died. And I remember thinking, but at least, you know, for that brief moment, she was uh, she was happy. And, you know, they arranged a car for me to go out there. I told you I had a lady who turned up to my Shaw Theatre gig. In a brag with a hospital bracelet on. She literally discharged herself from hospital to go and buy a ticket to come to the show. And I said to her, what are you doing here? She said, 
I should be in hospital. I said, you're very naughty. You're very naughty. <laughs> Sent her back after us. She also passed away. But anyway, uh, an email from Rays of Sunshine boss Katie Clark said they'd been liaising with management to squeeze in some time for Jessica and meet the girls, but it's not possible because they're on tour at the moment. So you see, I mean, you can't just stop it. I know it's heartbreaking, but you can't just stop a tour. Anyway, Jessie uh, suffers from a genetic disorder. Uh, Gemma said, time's running out. We just worry that her last wish won't be fulfilled. A Little Mix spokesman said, Rays of Sunshine approached Little Mix's management about wheelchair access ticket for their upcoming Gateshead concert. There were sadly no tickets left as they'd all been sold because you have so many wheelchair tickets. And then it, so it wasn't just a case of can she meet them. It's a case of she was in a wheelchair and they said there's no more wheelchair access. They don't have anything else. So the management are now liaising with the promoters to see if there's any way of finding a suitable space for her to uh, attend. But the, it, it came from this, this charity. But it's a dreadful weight to put on Little Mix. I wouldn't normally defend this kind of thing at all. I'd be going, oh, awful. But what they're basically doing is saying, listen... Do you want to spoil a little girl's last dying moments by not meeting? And they're going, listen, it's nothing to do with us. They don't sit down little mix at the end of each day and somebody goes, we've had a request in from a girl who's terminally ill. She wants to meet you. Because when they've done a show, you know, they're very tired. They've got to go on elsewhere. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. I've been in that situation before. And so I'm really sort of, I'm siding with little mix which is unusual for me because I wouldn't normally, but I'm just thinking, they don't know. Nobody, t they just say at the beginning of each show, oh, by the way, today you're going to be meeting a little girl. She's terminally ill and uh, we, we've put her down down the front. You'll, you'll know who she is. She's got a balloon on her chair or something, anything like that. And so then they, they know what to do. But, you know, I should imagine Little Mix, like loads of other people, do more than their fair share, of, uh, fair share of, of charitable stuff. So that's why I felt a little bit miffed. They're not, it's not a case of too busy to see a dying girl. That, that portrays them really badly. It makes it sound like they've gone, uh, pfft, couldn't be bothered. You know, could be, uh, go, go whistle to somebody else or something. Not in case they're too busy. There is no wheelchair access. They've, they've allocated. Magic Circle has, I think, room for one wheelchair. Because in the event of a fire, you can't have the place clogged up with wheelchairs. It's too dangerous. And you've got to think of health and safety. So it's not they're too busy. It's just that they don't know what the seat allocation is. So somebody from their management will now have to deal with somebody from the promoters to say, can you squeeze in another chair? And if they go, no, well, that's the end of it. Because they're the people who've got to deal with the fire brigade and the people who license the venue. If they, if they come back and go, I'm sorry, you've put another wheelchair in here. You're not supposed to. This is now too dangerous. So, uh, so not, not, not really that bad. I'm sure something will work itself out. I'm sure it will. Uh, here's a woman called Amy. Amy Vaness is 43. She says, I'm like Wonder Woman. You're absolutely not. And apparently she spent £100,000 trying to look like uh, like Wonder Woman. Why don't you just save your money, dear? Would that not have been it? Could you not have spent £100,000 on something better? You don't look like Wonder Woman at all. You look nothing like her. Why would you think you look like Wonder Woman? I don't know, honestly. Uh, also, who is Britain's top worker? Well, that's me. Me. Nobody gets up at the time I do every morning and pops into work with a smile on their face. Ta-da! You know, nobody does that. I'm Britain's top worker. Uh, also, they couldn't find romance on Love Island. So, two old... Uh, well, anyway, let's just call them people, shall we? Olivia Atwood and uh, Isle Booker, hoping for second time lucky. You won't find anybody, darling. Take a look in the mirror. Take a look in the mirror. One of them, which I think is... I don't know which one it is, actually. It could be anybody. So who's that? Chloe? That's Mutcher, is it? Mutcher from the Sugar Base. What have you done, dear? Have you let yourself go? 
what is going on? But uh, so, so mucha, mucha bueno, which sounds like a chocolate bar, doesn't it? Always does to me. Anybody having a mucha bueno? Yes, please. And uh, she's, she's going on it together with Chloe Sims. Must be about 190 by now. I mean, dear God, she looks bad enough, you know, far, far away, like Birmingham, for photographs. But then you see it close up and you suddenly realise, small wonder she can't find it. I mean, she has had sex with quite a number of people out of Towie. You know, she's not exactly been backwards at coming forwards. Used to be the old line, they'd be burying her in a Y-shaped coffin, won't they? And uh, anyway, so made in Chelsea's Alec Alphus. Who? Never even heard of Alec Alpha. Who are you, darling? Are you a man? Are you a woman? What are you? No idea. Fashion editor Vaz J. Talentless Morgan. Somebody called him a no-mark in one of the other papers. Who is he? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Diversity dancer Sam Kraske. No, again, not a clue, darling. We know the group, diversity, we don't know the individual people. We know, we know the, 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 the main man and the bloke with all the hair, but we don't know anybody else. Uh, dating expert relationship advisor Nadia Essex will be joined by agent Paul Carrick Brunson. Oh, God, another dreary, talentless, you know, double barrel. And um, Parkinson smile wittingly, firmly. And uh, as they look to matchmake for the stars. Well, they won't, of course. Let's have a look at... Uh, so here's a picture of uh, Alec. Dear, looks a bit peculiar. Isle, Vaz. Is he the gay one out of... Uh, I'm not sure if he is. He's certainly slightly affected. And somebody called Sam. Who's the Sam one? He's a dancer. A diversity dancer. Sam Crass. I've never even seen you before. Where do they get these? Do you think there's sort of a, sort of a second, second load of people, you know, waiting in, in the wings? But they're all going to go on there and pretend that they're looking for love. They're not. They're doing it for a fee. They won't find anybody. Of course they won't. If you can't find somebody by yourself, a TV programme, why don't they just do Tinder? I mean, Chloe, admittedly, maybe Chloe Sims is quite familiar with quite a number of people on Tinder, but let's face it, nobody's going to be interested in an old woman going on television and still making out she can't find anybody. Of course she can. Of course she can. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? Have you noticed how this uh, heat brings out the, uh, the chavs in full force? Whatever happened to Fat Boy Fat? No longer on TV. Who's Fat Boy Fat? <coughs> Eamon, he's on, he's on TV. He's on TV every day. He does Monday through Thursday. Admittedly, he's eating a lot of cake at the moment. Uh, Ian says, I do hope you're drinking Yorkshire tea and not some southern softy sort of tea. Only do wussy tea, so don't do that Yorkshire stuff. Or tea made out of girders. Oh, no, that's RM Brew. And, and they do, it's Yorkshire tea, you know, for Yorkshire people. It's made down south. I'm starting that rumour. Just to annoy people who drink Yorkshire tea. We've got all, all the Ponzi teas in the kitchen. I mean, seriously, we've got teas I've never even heard of. Lovely. Really lovely. I mean, it's a nice little surprise, but I'm just, I'm just into common or garden tea. I'm not a particularly fussy person. Ooh. And then somebody says, can you have milkshakes being a diabetic? I didn't say I had milkshakes. I said I had a milkshake. I didn't say it was in the, in the plural. I had a milkshake. And uh, of course you can. What do you think? Diabetics sit at home waiting to die. Heavens above, no. Give with one hand, take with the other. Everything in moderation. That's what it's all about, isn't it? You can't just you can't just sort of stop doing things. The Burger King at Waterloo isn't open due to the aircon not working. Should be open in a few days, says Craig. We clean the windows. They haven't got any windows, have they? Where are their windows? They've got roller shutters at the front. Where are the windows for Burger King? God knows where they are. It's a roller shutter. Yeah, there's no windows there. And I heard you yesterday saying they weren't open, so they may have closed without telling me. Well, they've got no windows. Where do you think the windows <laughs> I'm trying. It's a roller shutter. It's two roller shutters that come down at the front. Where are the windows? Unless there's some behind the kitchen, in which case, 
No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I'll check again today, but I'm 90% right. 90% right. Where would the windows be? They're not upstairs. I know that because the seating is not... No, I don't know what it is. They've got to put spikes inside there. You get pigeons that go in there and sit on the counter. That's how bad that is. Very bad. Uh, another one here. Says, uh, da, 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 da. maybe you could try drinking water from bottles kept in the freezer rather than the fridge. It won't help your many trips to the smallest room, unfortunately, says Sir. Uh, actually, it's truth, you know, it's truth. If truth be known, I actually quite like going to the bathroom after I've had some cold water, but it just doesn't, it wasn't cooling me down yesterday. I could have, you know, sort of rolled them around my body, but I uh, had some of that strawberry ribena, which is sugar free. Sugar, less sugar or somebody's sugar. And uh, and it's really it's really lovely. But you're right, cold water from the fridge. You're not supposed to drink it. It's supposed to be lukewarm. Lukewarm. But, uh, you know, never mind. doesn't matter. Uh, I remember as a kid, says Gary, being plastered with pink calamine lotion. Soothing. Oh, I love the smell of calamine lotion. Oh, yes, please. Yes, but shaking the bottle. Shaking the bottle. And then putting it on with, with cotton wool. Oh, lovely. You'd always get it if you got prickly heat or something like that. I remember coming back from the beach. My mum would look at my shoulders and go, let's get the calamine lotion. We'd get it out. And I'd go to bed looking like sort of some sort of person with a skin like Impetigo or something. But I used to love calamine lotion. The smell of it. Every, I don't know what it did. I don't know what's in it. And if you say calamine, you're barred. OK, but it's it was delicious. Absolutely. One of those nice smells. I quite liked it. I live in the historic Undertaker's residence in a tiny hamlet. In Australia, the Undertaker's home dates back to 1850, way before electricity and refrigeration were available. If the Undertaker couldn't bury the bodies the same day they died, in particular on a very hot day, 30 degrees, you take the innards out of the body and stuff the cavity with straw. Any smell of decay was avoided this way. The entrails would then be dug into the garden, which makes it a very fertile soil, but no bears. Well, there's a place in, is it Antarctica or something like that, where in the winter they can't... They can't bury anybody because the ground is too hard. So they leave them out in the open for the bears to uh, eat and everything else. I know it sounds bizarre, and I'm sure I didn't make that up. I'm pretty certain I didn't, actually. Uh, Rick says the Winderton Burger King are upstairs. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that one. How often do you need to clean those, though? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a tiny little outlet compared to... I'll look, I'll look today. If you're wrong, you're barred as well, OK? I'm just telling you that now. <laughs> And then somebody else has said, yes, they're on the first floor, two big ones above the shutters. Stop it. Don't start me now. I'll be forced to abandon the programme and go down to Waterloo and go, where are the bloody windows? <laughs> and uh, I'll give you that one, says Monica. You're getting up early. But only because my trip to work involves only making a cup of coffee and walking down to a car. Uh, Monica says, all Burger King's outlets are open at 11. They're peculiar this way. No, our one's open at 8 o'clock in Twickenham. And this one was open at 8 o'clock. 7.30. I know, because I went there. I went there every day. Every day to get my little hash browns. So, uh, it's, it must be a new thing. Uh, you recommended the film yesterday about Derek Bentley. Ordered it on DVD. $10 new, says Shane. It's a great film. Great film. It's called Let Him Have It. Let Him Have It. It's got some, some really good people in it. And it's Christopher Eccleston's in it. And others. Very good film, actually. Very good film. But, uh, as I say, I saw it with Craig Bentley's mum. I didn't know it was Craig Bentley's mum till we looked across, because somebody said, that's Craig's mother. And when it came to the execution in the cell, uh, because I've, I've read the books, so I know what Pierpoint did, and in, in the British prisons... 
there is an execution cell separated from the condemned man's cell by a wall, which is on rollers. They don't know that the execution cell is next to them. Well, that's the theory. So it doesn't sort of frighten them. Uh, why? They'd be bothered about being frightened, I can't imagine. But it, it's in there. So what happens is they, they take them out for exercise, or they used to, and during that time they'd be testing the uh, the execution cell, testing the drop and the weight of the person and that, that kind of stuff. And that's what they did with him. And then at the appointed time, 8 o'clock, I think, uh, they would go into the cell. I mean, if you were sitting there, you'd be sort of thinking, oh, Christ, today. You know, and hardly anybody said anything. I'd be asking questions. I'd be the, is this going to hurt? Is it? I mean, I know it sounds a stupid question. It's supposed to break the... One of the vertebrae, I think, and it's, it's either the third or the sixth, whatever it is, it's that. And that's why they have to weigh you to make sure that the drop is the right drop to break the vertebrae, as opposed to they have it a couple of times. And I know that Pierpoint had it where the head came off because the drop was too great. It's not supposed to be that great. You have to test it. You test it overnight with a, with a bag of sand and then he, he goes into the cell. Somebody gives them a little shot of whiskey. Why, that makes a difference. I'll be going, is, is, it, is it possible to have some coconut juice or something like that? You know? And I still ask again, is it going to hurt? You know, not, not uh, thinking about the person you might have caused damage to. And, um, and then they sort of go in there and it can be done. He, he reckoned, Pierpoint, he could get somebody on the scaffold and down in six seconds. Six seconds. So hands behind back. In, it's only a matter of a few steps to the scaffold. Once that wall's rolled back, it's a few steps. It must be quite a shock if you're in that cell. And all of a sudden, the brick wall that you've been looking at all of a sudden rolls. And there's the scaffold and everybody waiting in there, the governor and everybody else. And then up on the scaffold, legs tied together, hood on, noose on, down. Simple as that. But you've got to make sure you're off the trap before it opens, because you could go down with them and then you leave them, apparently. That's what Pierpoint said. You had to leave them for so many hours so they would then go off and have breakfast. Then he'd have to come back, and him alone would have to take the person down, undress them, and put them in their, their coffin. I mean, it was a lot of responsibility to be a hat. I'm not sure I could even do anything. It doesn't matter how much it paid. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, H says, uh, Steve, the, uh, the windows are upstairs. Shut up. And then somebody else says, you're absolutely right, there are no windows at Burger King Waterloo. I work there. The air conditioning is in the dining area on the first floor. See, I thought that... that I'm trying to think with these windows... I'm going to have a look today. I'm going to go back. <laughs> oh, dear. Somebody else say, you know, this heat, get a bottle of water, put it in the freezer. When the ice melts, the water is cold. I just quite like the idea of ice-cold water, but it doesn't make you... I mean, I was sitting on the train, eating, trying to read a book eating my quarter pounder with cheese and drinking my chocolate milkshake. It's only a small one. I didn't have a big one. Uh, Andrew says, you speak of advice. I was once told advice. Wise men don't need it and fools won't heed it. Yeah, the trouble is, do they know whether they are a wise man or a foolish man? Probably not. Given the choice, would you rather have a dog with a cat's personality or a cat with a dog's personality, says Alan in the Fife. Uh, neither. Neither. I think it's unfair, actually, to have a, to have a dog... If you if you work in this business, because you're not you're not at home half the time and I don't know what time I'm going to get back. So in other words, I could have been out since two o'clock this morning and not get back till 12 o'clock. That means the dog sitting there all by itself with its legs crossed going oh, I need the toilet. Like yesterday, I got back and Lynn, because her mum's not very well at the moment. So together with her brother, Richard, they've organised a rotor system. And so I've been to Costco, bought her this crate of water. 
which is very cheap, like 40 bottles for £3.20 or something like that. And um, and then she was watering next door. Do you know the ones whose who's, uh, thing I've used for filling up the water butt? And uh, you can leave it on all the time. It's, uh, it's great. In fact, I could sell some to you if we're up north. We've got loads of water down here. I just I can't work out why we've got it and you've not. Do you think they're siphoning it off or something like that? I mean, is that, does that sound feasible? Anyway, and uh, and so she said, and I was I suddenly realised, I thought, oh, I really need to go to the loo. Because I'd had these bottles of water from Costco. They're only little bottles, but I'd drunk them both because they were ice cold. And uh, and then she said, oh, yes, and, and, and we've now got a rotor system. I thought, oh, great, or well, tell me about it tomorrow. And, and then she said, it's here somewhere. I thought, no, don't get it out now. I need to go to the toilet. So I said, I've got to go to the loo. So uh, she carried on watering and... I went to the loo and watered the toilet, which uh, which kept me going. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every six minutes to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It is nice to have your company this morning. It really is nice to have your company. Somebody said, could you move on and talk about something other than hanging? Strychnine poisoning's fairly popular, isn't it? <laughs> trying to think of something else to be equally as interesting. It's only because I'm demonstrating my sort of interest in what we used to do in this country. And it all goes back to a few days ago when people were talking about hanging and bringing back the death penalty. And I said, well, that would be ridiculous. You bring back the death penalty. It's not going to stop anything. You seriously think somebody's going to go out there and commit murder? Sorry, that's the M word again. And, uh, and then and they're going to go, oh, no, wait a minute. I won't kill this person because they've got the death penalty. <laughs> There's American prisons full of people facing the death penalty. They've not taken any notice of it, so that's why it's interesting. And the way it's done, it's very interesting, but it is a very good film. Let him have it. Very good. Uh, Dorothy says, don't put full bottle, bottles of water in the freezer. They'll split. Uh, well, what, well, I tend to find just leaving it in the fridge. Just leaving it in the fridge is fine. Absolutely fine. And in fact, if you are going to put it in the freezer, empty some of the water out because it expands. OK, see, again, something I learned at school. I'm so lucky, actually. And um, uh, listening in Australia, says uh, Wayne, with a smirk to all the comments on LBC about the British extreme heat. Yeah, but you were probably on a convict ship, weren't you, when you were taken out there? So you, you've, you've kind of got used to it. What's his name? Wayne. Convict ship three. Put him on three. You can row your way across the Atlantic. Yeah, go on. I love the way that you sort of think, oh, you can't cope with it. You know, or we, or we can't cope with it. Well, we don't have it. We don't have heat very often. You know, we, we could probably do about a day's heat a year. That would suit us fine. The rest of the time, murky, grey. I thought it was going to rain yesterday. It went all overcast and nothing. So when it eventually tips, it's, it's going to be like a volcano, isn't it? It's going to be waiting patiently. Friday, apparently. But they said about last Friday, didn't they? They say last Friday. And I waited. I was out there, my little speedos, sort of waiting for it to happen. But it just never happened. I'd love some. I've noticed that the uh, the Queen has got very verdant green grass, very verdant green grass, and um, and nobody else has. But then she is the Queen, so I don't be, begrudge her that at all. Um, <laughs> middle-aged paranoia from a friend of mine who said, Chapter 137. Notice for the first time this morning my gums have begun to recede. Advice, please. <laughs> I tell you, the middle-aged paranoia that you get, you get all sorts of things. I was talking to somebody the other day. Who was I talking to? Somebody well-known about, do you make a noise when you put your socks on? You know, or you pull your pants on in the morning. Like, mm, I have to lean up against a wall. I can't just stand there on one leg and put socks on or attempt to put pants on. Because invariably you get two legs in one outlet and it just doesn't work. So you fall over. There's one thing I don't want to do. It's fall over. But I don't know about receding gums. 
I don't know. You probably have to get another toothpaste or something. <laughs> Middle-aged paranoia. I'll tell you what I've noticed. Getting into my car, because it's quite low... Well it, it, well, it didn't seem low when I first got it. I get myself in. I can practically do myself a, a failing with my with my leg. It practically goes into cramp mode. You go, ah! And you get in and you can see people watching going, too old for that car, you know. <laughs> too old for that. Should have been a footballer. Should have been a footballer. So I, I wish I knew the answer to receding gums, but unfortunately not being an orthodontist or knowing anything about the, uh, the, the vagaries that go along with dentistry. I would think actually receding gums, because this, this friend of mine is not a, not a smoker. Uh, I don't... I don't know. Is he a smoker? I can't remember if I've ever seen a picture. He might have been a smoker at one time. I'm not sure if he smokes now. I know he used to enjoy quite a few bevies. I know he, he was sort of a bevy. But, but then we're, we're, we're in the business of of socialising. And in fact, I was talking to loads of people the other day and I ended up uh, walking down to the station with Tom Swarbrick. Yeah, because people think, oh, radio presenters, you know, you're all buddy-buddy. Well, you hardly see anybody, really. And when I leave the building, they're all working. So I walk down the road with Tom Swarbrick, who, like, towers above me. I mean, he's like, you know, really, really... Oh, he does smoke. Ah, it could be smoking. Could be smoking, or it could be... Ah, but he's... But this this friend of mine has stopped drinking. You see, and he, he drinks, by the look of it, white wine. See, I used to drink white wine as well. Then I discovered Prosecco. And then I discovered dry Prosecco. <laughs> it's worrying, isn't it? The things that you notice. Grey chest hair is a bit of a no-no. That's a bit of a no-no, I think. Anything grey or white is definitely not, not an advantage at all. You do worry about stuff like that. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I do stand naked in front of the bathroom mirror and just sob uncontrollably. You know, it's like, where did it all go right? If I'd known this is how your, your body was going to go, I would have done things differently. But, you know, but they don't kind of warn you about that. And also, time creeps on so fast that it, it kind of bypasses you. You just, you know, one minute you're sort of young, the next minute you're climbing trees, the next minute you're thinking, I'm not climbing that, no chance at all. I only have to look at people skydiving or going on a roller coaster. I feel physically ill. Uh, I can tell you, though, that the news at five is coming up very quickly, which means that uh, we've had an hour of the show. Where have, we been? Where have you been? We've done an hour of the show already. I mean, I'm not asking for a lot in life. Goodness sake, honestly. The Red Arrows site is going to be sold off. 600 people could lose their jobs. I heard that rumour a while ago. I didn't like it then. Torville and Dean's journey to figure skating glory could become a big screen flick. And uh, Celebs Go Dating is back. The trouble is, there are no celebs. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to Wednesday, 25th of July at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. This is where the stars come out to play, as they say. This is where all the people getting up for all their radio programmes and television programmes are thinking, I haven't got the strength to go through the, the newspapers. What's Steve Allen talking about? That'll give you a rough idea. And, uh, and so this morning, it's the rail commuters. One in four have to stand. But then I was always told that buying a ticket on a railway doesn't mean... Uh, you get a seat, and most people just accept the fact. If you're further down the line, then you don't get a seat on a You don't have to stand there. I don't like that idea. Mind you, it's those idiots who walk towards you, uh, either listening to their phone, talking on their phone, or reading a book. Or reading a book. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Living on the streets, the rough sleepers who get robbed. Uh, the beauty slashed in the Hilton horror. Demi Lovato in hospital. And uh, the rapid decline of Katie Price. This one's going pear-shaped, and it's going pear-shaped. The press are loving this one for some reason. I don't know why. Because uh, Katie Price, who really doesn't handle advice from anybody, 
She thinks she knows better. She's constantly telling you the price is always right. Unfortunately, the price is always wrong. And that's why she's been married three times. That's why all her relationships end in disaster. That's why she spent a lot of time in court. And that's why she's lost. I don't think she's ever won a case yet. She's got no money left. They're telling you. Although where it's gone to, I've got no idea. It's not as if she has a luxurious lifestyle. She don't, they don't go, oh, and here is Katie Price and the family going to Monaco. I don't think Monaco would want somebody like Katie Price. She, she'd be better off in Bridlington, something like that. And so now they're saying with, you know, battles over the kids, you know, Peter Andre, very unhappy with the latest set of uh, staged pictures of her attempting to pull the shorts down uh, of her latest boyfriend. Uh, also, he's been out with Harvey. And, uh, and you're sort of thinking, I'm sorry, I mean, what is this? You know, all these different people that these poor kids, they're going to grow up so screwed up, aren't they? They don't know where they are half the time. So I think they're staying with Peter Andre. I think so. While she sort of messes about with her debts, the horses are up for, everything's up for sale, which means that she really has got no money. And let me just emphasise again, there never was any 45 million. There never was. I mean, not even the stupidity of Jordan could ever sort of get through 45 million. Her, her outgoings are fairly low. She moved house first time, and that's when I thought I saw the cracks appearing, because the other house was quite nice. Not a mansion. This one's not a mansion. It's just a house. You know, the childhood home I grew up in looked like that, half-timbered and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was sort of thinking, why doesn't she take advice? Her agent must be sort of sitting there, you know, on a knife edge half the time, because she's not going to get work. The nearest she gets is a, is a reality show, which will be on a channel that nobody watches anyway. Nobody cares about it. You know, my crazy life, my foul mouth life, that's all it is. You know, she doesn't like anybody. Nobody appears to like her. It's, it's, it's a big shame, actually. But if she'd taken the advice, it would be good. A friend of mine says, I know exactly what you mean. If I could give any young person one piece of advice now, it would be, you only get one body, look after it. I know. And have you noticed that you get to that stage and I was looking at a picture the other day. I was looking at a picture of a, a newspaper magnet and he, I think, is in his 80s, late 80s. And he's got one of those sort of bodies where you seem to go from a young person's kind of lithe body to all of a sudden, oh, my God. It's like you know, I said the other day. You know, the people who walk, walk down the street with their shirts off, it's, all, it's great if you've got one of those sort of bodies and if you're that body confident. But if you're like an average person in this country, oh, I'm not going to walk down the road with my shirt off. You know, don't want to frighten children and the horses and things like that. I mean, I'm scarred anyway now, so it's, it's not very likely. I've got scars on my arms, which, you know, because I wear short sleeve shirts. I, d I don't really sort of worry about those. But occasionally I'll see people looking at them thinking, I wonder what that is. And, uh, and, and you don't do anything about it. Yesterday we had Adam Hills in. And you know that he's on that programme. You know that he's, he's only got one foot. He was born only with one foot. And it's a, bit, it's a bit... We didn't talk about it because I knew that in previous interviews he'd said, you know, it's just get over yourself. You know, he's a man in his uh, late 30s now. And you think he doesn't want to talk about that all the time. But he came in with a pair of shorts on. So you can see that he's got the bit that fixes onto his, uh, into his knee and then it goes into, into his shoe. And, uh, ooh, milk... Oh, what's where did you have to go? Oh, don't tell me. I have to go to Bournemouth again to find the company cow. Here in our fifth floor. <laughs> fifth floor, really? They're hoarding it up there. Oh, are they really? Should we keep it? Yeah. All right. Should we keep it? We're so naughty. I we don't. Load more, isn't it? Oh, did you? Shh! Don't tell them that. I'm on the radio. God blimey, we'll all be taken out and hanged, or at least paraded, stark naked in front of the uh, in the mirror. Somebody said, well, at least you're not, not talking about hanging. 
you know, it takes you away from talking about standing naked in front of a mirror. I never get tired of talking about standing naked in front of a mirror, so you better get used to that one. But it is true, actually. Look after the body that you've got. Because at some point, I mean, I see people... On, have you seen this 24 hours in A&E? Oh, my God, how these people make it out the other side? I've got no idea. But, you know, I've had enough enough damage done to my uh, into my body over the years. And so I'm just sort of... I just sort of think, the only thing I don't do is sunbathe. That's the only thing I don't do because I'm a bit pale, more than a bit pale. And I don't think it's very good for me. I don't want to, I've, I've made myself ill before. I don't know about Burger King, but I do know that the Costa next to Burger King at Waterloo has a windowless upper seating room. So I can imagine Burger King would be the same. The building was once the head office of the Southern Railway. Also, Bur- uh, Burger King looks out at the back of WH Smith's. Why would they have a window there? What's the point? You can't look down. I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain. Uh, anyway, uh, it says here that uh, desert nomads always drink tea in the heat because warm drinks cool the body down more than cold, says mate. Yes, I know that. I th- they've always said, you know, we all think, don't we, because we're a bit naive. Oh, it's very hot. Let's have a nice lolly. Let's have an ice cream. It doesn't cool you down. It cools you down for the moment you're eating. You'd have to keep eating that for the rest of the day. So I had my chocolate milkshake, which was lovely. And, uh, and I enjoyed it. And then it warmed up and then it just melted. So it was a bit a bit depressing, really. But as I say, I've got a fridge full of water, which I love. Uh, I agree. You are Britain's top worker, says Paul, and the nation's rock. I know. Whereas Paul Burrell is a handful of wet pea gravel. Yes, I always feel depressed whenever I see him. The rubbish he talks about the royal family. But of course, they're never going to correct him so he can get away. He knows he can say anything he likes about the royal family. They will never challenge him. So they just sit back and he just drones on in his usual sort of queenie way about all the sort of stuff. And, you know, the Queen said to him, oh, you need to find a nice girl to marry, proving either the Queen is incredibly naive or he wasn't as camp as he is now at those days. Uh, The only way to sleep in this hot weather, says Christine, is to sleep in the bath or on the floor because heat rises. These are the coolest places. I don't want to sleep in the bath. No, thank you very much. indeed. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But uh, I understand. You see, I don't have any trouble sleeping. I really don't. There's no problem sleeping for me at all. Literally in bed, well, actually lying on top of the bed, uh, and and then whew, gone. It's when the alarm goes off, but it doesn't actually. I always wake up before the alarm, so I'm very good. Ricky, Robbie, Georgie, Jamie, and the taxi driver off to Gatwick Airport. What on earth for? Earth, do you want to go there for? Gatwick Airport, unless you're flying somewhere. If you're not flying anywhere, you don't want to do that at all. Jerry says, I'm in fleet. And this morning I've been stuck at three sets of lights with no apparent reason. Do you have loads of roadworks in Twickenham? I haven't got any in Twickenham. Nothing at all. I'm trying to think where we've got roadworks at the moment. No, coming into town there'll be a few little bits and pieces, but nothing in Twickenham. We've got the money. We've got the money for it at the moment. On a recent Baltic cruise, we had an excellent lecturer, Steve, who told us about a notorious Victorian poisoner called William Palmer. William Palmer murdered, apparently, about 15 people, including his wife. He was played by Keith Allen in a TV drama. Palmer is said to have stepped onto the gallows and asked the hangman, are you sure this thing is safe? Ah, a nameless poison is thought to have stemmed from Palmer. I don't remember that one. I mean, I, I know about William Palmer because William Palmer, he was, this was the one known as the, the Rugly Poisoner or the Prince of Poisoners. He was an English doctor, if I, if I seem to remember. And what he did, he, uh, he, made, he made lots of money from the death of his wife and brother. He collected on life assurance. He was a gambler, of course. He was the... I think there were probably about eight children in his family. And uh, eventually, 
William was 12, he left Sarah with a legacy of £70,000. Now, this was in the 1800s, so it was an awful lot of money. Uh, anyway, he uh, he had all these people who, who disappeared, disappeared, and um, infant mortality and stuff like that. He was very heavily in debt. He owed at one point, I think, about £25,000, I think, and he had various affairs. He then murdered... Uh, a guy called John Cook, a rather sickly young man who had a fortune of £12,000. But, of course, that was very appealing to what Dr William Palmer. And so he did. But he was addicted to gambling on the horses. He, uh, he was so addicted. He, he never actually recovered from being ill or having gambling debts. And uh, they had a post-mortem on this young man, Cook's body, at the Talbot Arms, that's what uh, that's what used to happen, and they then believed that he'd been poisoned. And uh, interestingly enough, the jury delivered their verdict on the fifteenth of December, saying that the deceased died of poison willfully administered by William Palmer. At the time, this verdict could be legally handed down at an inquest. So he was then arrested on a charge of murder and forgery. Uh, he threatened to go on hunger strike. He was detained at Stafford Jail. Anyway, he then went to the uh, to the Old Bailey and they they dug up all the people who had who had died in mysterious circumstances. Uh, when eventually they had a verdict, the judge put the black cap on and handed down the death sentence. No reaction from Palmer at all. 30,000 people were at Stafford Prison on the 14th of June 1856 to see his public execution by hanging at the hands of George Smith. As he stepped onto the gallows, he's said to have looked at the trapdoor and said, are you sure it's safe? They then asked him to confess his guilt before the end, which resulted in the following exchange of words. Cook did not die from strychnine. This is no time for quibbling. Did you or did you not kill Cook? The Lord Chief Justice summed up for poisoning by strychnine. And uh, that was it. He was buried beside the prison chapel in a grave filmed with quicklime. It stated that the rope that hanged Palmer is selling in Dumfriesshire at five shillings per inch. The hangman is, always took the rope away. They turned up with their ropes and everything else and they were, they were selling it. So that's what he did. He was one of those people. And they also have a death mask of him. And in fact, I don't know if it was in Scotland Yard's... Uh, crime museum because they had lots of death masks of people after they died they then took these death masks very similar to uh madame tussaud who used to do wax images of the people who uh sort of fell apart on the guillotine and that's what she did that's and so she had her traveling wax works and it was all the people who'd been executed she made so she would collect the heads and then make the the wax marks there's all sorts of famous i think oliver cromwell's got a wax Mask, and I think Charles the First as well. There's quite a number of famous death masks of people, and you think, how accurate are they? The answer is they're very, very accurate. It's the only thing that you've got. They've still got. I've told you before, Charles the First's outer shirt that he wore for his beheading, and it's in the Museum of London. It's not on display, but it was. It was in. Um, God, it was, a, it was in a documentary, and I can't remember who actually... One of, uh, I think David Dimbleby did a documentary on hidden treasures, and that was one of the hidden treasures. In this drawer in the Museum of London is this shirt, which is brown-stained around it, and they say it's alleged to be, alleged to be, the shirt that uh, he was wearing. He, he put it on because it was winter, and he didn't want people to see him shivering, thinking that uh, shivering for the cold might interpret to them that he was a bit scared of being beheaded, as indeed you would be, as indeed you would be. 
Uh, Steve, with reference to the Burger King window, I want to let you know McDonald's in York has lots of windows. Right, you're barred. That's it. Oh, I tell you, I could, I could, could decimate the audience very quickly. <laughs> Steve, that's why Burger King hasn't paid their bill. I must be cleaning somebody else's windows. Seriously, windows are above the shutter. I'm going to see them today. I should, I should take a picture. I'm not too sure how you take pictures of things like that. And I'm not sure how you send the pictures, but anyway, I'm sure I shall find out. Another, another one of those items. That sort of, I took some pictures of flowers the other day, uh, the hanging baskets, and I thought, I must remember to send that, but I've got no idea how you do it. I certainly don't know. I'm a complete idiot. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I'm rubbish at doing these things. I think I've just tweeted a picture, but I don't know if I've tweeted a picture, because it says here, not delivered, so I don't, I don't know if I've tweeted the blooming thing or not. What a pain is it? I'll say, just when I think I've tried to master something, I turn out to be totally useless. But, uh, so did I tweet, uh, I haven't. <laughs> I'm useless, aren't I? Totally useless. I, the last one I tweeted was a picture of the bottle, isn't it, on the table? Yes. <laughs> that was a nice bottle of Prosecco, it has to be said. And in fact, it's another picture. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing, really. Is this, is this tweet or is this mail? What is, what is it? What am I tweeting on? I have, to, I have to work this out because I've got no idea how these things work. Now, I'm supposed to know these things. I'm over 40, goodness sake. And yet half the time people say, no, you've done that wrong. So when it's a, I've, I've got, got the picture and, and I don't know what... Oh, it's the wrong picture. I've taken the wrong picture. Stupid boy. Stupid boy. So if I actually find the, the picture and then I push the little button... And it comes up as sort of a square with an arrow pointing upwards. Okay, so I push on that, and then it goes message, mail, add to notes. What am I doing? Am I doing mail, or am I doing? Oh no, what am I? Oh, that will email it to somebody. Oh right, okay, right. I'm not air dropping, am I? No, it's not message. Well, what what is it then? What? Need to have the t- oh, it's Twitter. Oh right, it's Twitter. Oh right, oh it's Twitter. Wait a minute, there is Twitter. Ah, no, it's gone again. You see, I push the ro- I, occasionally my my thumb whizzes across the thing, and it, so it's Twitter I'm hitting. Is it? Oh right. Oh that's good. Oh I'm I might actually be a little bit better than I thought I was. Wait a minute. Why did I take that picture there? I was taking some pictures the other day of um, of sort of fla- because they, they've all gone mad. The flowers. So if I do that, Excuse me, just wait, hang on a sec. If I don't get this right, I'll never better tweet anything ever again. So there is Twitter. So I push on Twitter. Right, and now I go, lot of water. Okay, and then I push, oh God, which bit do I, oh, tweet. Push tweet. And then hopefully we should have a picture of, I don't know how, how instant these things are. I'm sorry if, if you're one of these clever people. I'm not. I, oh, it's there. That's right, it's nice. Such a lot of water. I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm practically opening my own reservoir. That's, that's, that's worked out, has it? All right. It's just, that's only one side of it, got another three sides of it to go. It's just, it's a lot of water. Honestly, my poor right hand is exhausted. You can't imagine how tired I get. But there you go. Uh, funny you talk about the naked body, says Crawford. I found myself yesterday, stood in front of the mirror naked with a radish. Well, something quite beautiful and poetic about it. And sad, I should imagine, at the same time. Uh, somebody says, what's the name in that film about hanging? Let him have it. It's the true story. It's the, it's the Derek Bentley story. And it's a huge miscarriage of justice. That's why we should never, ever bring back the death penalty. Because you can't make 
a mistake again. You can only make it once. You can't bring somebody back. There was a bloke beaten to death the other day. Do you remember? He was a, a voodoo man somewhere in Ethiopia. And, and he claimed he could bring people back from the dead. He spent 20 minutes lying on top of somebody called, you know, Isaiah, wake up. Isaiah, wake up. And, of course, Isaiah was dead. So he didn't. So they, uh, they beat the, uh, the poor shaman to, uh, to within an inch of his life. Uh, very quickly, uh, Steve, nice cup of tea, hot as you can take it, is as good as anything. We had a great teacher at school who we called Jack the Peg. Well, it, there was a song, wasn't there, called Jake the Peg. He had a short leg, but he told us to eat ice cream in the winter. The fat in it will create heat in the body. We must be the only place around the world who does not do ice cream in the winter. We think ice cream's for the summer. So a friend of mine's got an ice cream shop. In Richmond, they make their own ice cream. They have a gelato machine upstairs and they make their own ice cream. And it's delicious. They can make, at Christmas time, they do Christmas pudding ice cream. Everything you put into it turns into the ice cream. It's brilliant. Just add cream and things like that. And, um, and you go anywhere abroad. You go to Italy, you go to Austria, you go France. You can buy ice cream in the winter. Over here, they go, ice cream. who eats ice cream in the winter? And you go, loads of people. I remember going to a shop years ago and saying, and it was it was November, I said, I need some sunglasses. And they went, in winter? I went, yes. I'm sorry, do you have sunglasses? No, in the summer we have sunglasses. God dear, how old-fashioned. How old-fashioned, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, in fact, I now keep two litres, plastic milk container in the freezer. I fit it into around two-thirds with brine. That way it doesn't actually freeze solid, but uh, holds more cooling capacity compared with ordinary water. It's better than those blue ice bricks. We used to have those years ago. Do you know those things you freeze, and then you put them in your, your, um, your container, and you put all your stuff on top of it. Or failing that, just get a flask and fill it with ice. That's lovely, isn't it? I could quite, I could quite suck an ice cube now. We used to, as kids, you'd, you'd take out the ice tray out of the fridge, and you'd, you'd have a piece of ice. You'd put it in your mouth, and be crunching away on this piece of ice. And then you'd think, oh, God, somebody might want ice later in the day. They never did, but you used to fill it up, and it was a metal ice tray. Then they went on to plastic and rubber, and you twisted them, and the ice cubes fell out. And my one, you pulled a handle, which cracked the ice, and then you could lift out the metal bit, and then, then you had all the, um, the ice cubes in there, which was absolutely delicious. There was something, as kids, we were so easily pleased. So easily pleased. Mind you, I wish they were sort of offering cold water on the trains because you've got the heat wave at the moment. I mean, the, the rail lines are buckling. People are standing on trains. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes there's no air conditioning. Buses are a no-no. Absolute no-no. It doesn't matter whether they're in town or whether they're out of town. Too hot. Too hot. Put air conditioning in them or people are just going to desert you because it's just it's stupidly hot. Somebody's going to die in the heat. I sat on a bus the other day thinking... This is it's just ridiculous. It's like sitting in the middle of an incinerator. Absolutely dreadful. Sun cream's running out, because you must put sun cream on. Even when it's overcast, you must put sun cream on. The heat wave has shut GP surgeries, because people can't get into work. And the hospitals are in chaos. I mean, that's the, that's the misleading side of it. They're not really in chaos. They're coping very well. It's just that there are certain things you can do yourself. Like the amount of people who turn up to A&E with the most ludicrous of complaints. You know, I've got a headache. Well, go to the chemist. Go and get some tablets. Don't be so ridiculous about it, but they do. Uh, the Heinz baked bean advert uh, banned for the second time. They're making wild and extravagant claims, and the ASA have said, you can't do this. We've told you once before. Now stop it. You know, these big companies think they can ride roughshod and, and make, all these comp- make all these, you know, 
spurious claims about their particular product. It's rubbish. It really is rubbish. Uh, what was the other one? Demi Lovato in hospital, but as I wasn't really too sure Demi Lovato was, but I have a feeling she's well known in this building. And uh, the family is saying she's all right, she's all right, it's okay. She's had issues before with things. And so I hope that she's okay on this one. Should be good. Also, living on the streets, the rough sleepers who get robbed. I've known about this for donkey's years. In fact, I've told you about it because uh, I met a girl. Do you remember? I gave her some money. I gave her. I can't remember what I gave her. It was either 10 or 20 quid. And, um, and she said that she'd been robbed loads of times on the street because she was a girl. I mean, I think men get robbed as well. And I thought to myself, it must be bad enough having to sleep on the streets. And then, because do you remember I saw it was raining? Not heavy, heavy, but raining. And she was going around down here at Leicester Square on the left-hand side. As you look at the building, it's on the right. And, and she was picking up dog ends, old cigarette ends, from all the planters so she could have a cigarette. And I thought, I looked at her, and I don't normally... I'm, I'm not the sort of person who gives to people like that. I'm not normally like that, because they might have issues with drugs or things like that, so I don't like to get involved in case. And I've offered money before, and I've been had it thrown back in my face, so I'm a bit wary about doing things like that. And I was looking at her, and I was thinking, what an existence. She's barefooted, walking around, you know, in Leicester Square, trying to find dog ends, and I'm thinking, my God, if ever my life got that bad, seriously, you know, I'd be... Not looking out for somebody to help you, but just occasionally somebody might give you some money. There's a lot of frauds out there. There's a lot of people who aren't... There's nothing to matter. They're not homeless. They're just doing it because it's an easy way to make money. Just sit there on the pavement with a blanket around you and uh, charge your phone up in the local Starbucks and stuff like that, which I've seen on numerous occasions. But uh, I I gave her some money. I thought I had to. I had to. I had money on me. And I thought she can probably, you know, she might not have been able to sort of book herself into a hostel for the night, but at least she could have got herself some food or something like that. Although, how many places would serve her when she's walking around barefooted, looking like, you know, little orphan Annie? It was terrible. And I've, I, felt, I felt quite good giving it to her. But at the same time, I thought, I just felt sorry for her. I thought she must have family somewhere. I don't know. She might have had a bad history with drugs or could have been thieving. It could have been anything. I don't know why she was on the streets. I just thought that if your life is that sad that you've got no shoes because somebody's stolen them and you haven't got any cigarettes, you have to go around picking up other people's dog ends to make a cigarette out of, that means you've kind of gone about as low as you can. And um, it was with that in mind. And I'll mention it to you now because coming up in... October this year, we've got our Make Some Noise, as you know. And I'm going to tell you this now. Probably not supposed to tell you. But I'm hoping to do another show. You know, we did one last year. We did one the year before. And it's an opportunity for, for you to come along. We'll have, a, we'll have an evening chat about things. I can't remember what day we did it last year. I think it was midweek or something like that. Was it early January? And what you do is we, we only have a few, few tickets to sell. In fact, which reminds me, my Magic Circle Christmas show, first show nearly sold out. Only a handful left there, and there's a second show as well. So you go to the Magic Circle website for further details. Uh, Manuel says, isn't it great how the bad traffic news sounds so much better when Joanne Webb announces it? I know, she can make a disaster out of nothing at all. Absolutely dreadful traffic. She's been away on holiday. I mean, she is seriously the colour of asphalt. I mean, seriously, it's amazing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. All those poor boys. They've had all their hair shaved off now. Now they're going to be Buddhist monks. Having sort of survived the, uh, the the cave and the swimming and all the rest of it, now they can be Buddhist monks. So uh, that's great, actually. Uh, Jeremy says, I can't believe how you Londoners complain about the heat. It's the best summer we've had in years. Yeah, but you're not in London, are you? You're in Devon. 
You're in Devon. We know why you're in Devon, because it's cooler in Devon. You know, here in London, we are... I mean, I'm not sweltering quite clearly, because I'm sitting in air conditioning. And I used to complain about air conditioning. I used to complain about it all the time, going, it's so cold. Because even in winter, we have air conditioning, because radio studios have lots of equipment. And, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I've got loads of equipment, but it's a case of I've got enough equipment in here to raise the temperature by a few degrees. So they put in the air conditioning. And the bigger the studio, the more the air conditioning is. So here, it's it's just right for me, just right. But, of course, everybody else is using the studio. I'm having to share the studio that I use. I think Nick Abbott uses occasionally as well. And uh, I think Clive might, on odd occasions... Come see, come see. And, uh, and I, I quite like this show. I said to my boss the other day, I said, I'd be so glad when they all go. Go back downstairs again and just leave me in my little studio, which was quite nice. Uh, Steve, because of this wretched weather, says Jane... It's triggered a two-day migraine, and I'm bed-bound in a darkened room. I've listened to many of your podcasts on loop. You've kept me sane. And it keeps me sane as well, actually. And, uh, and Frank is at the uh, War and Peace show in Kent, watching Spitfires do victory rolls. How lovely. He's also selling some of his uh, collection. And Philip found a cassette the other day from 1991 of the LBC Saturday Night Rock and Roll show, The Murray and Jones Show, with Pete and Steve. Good Lord. One, one week they had Ian Whitcomb in to talk about the records he made with Mae West. God, I remember having loads of people in. Loads of people from sort of 60s and 70s and stuff like that. It was very interesting, very interesting time. And uh, Pete Murray's still going and Steve Jones is still going as well. They're still out there, still out there. I don't know how old Pete is now. He must be about 90-something, I should imagine. <laughs> Bless him. And, uh, and Steve Jones... He's lovely. I think he went to live in France. I bumped into him in Richmond, of all places, years ago, a few years back. And uh, in September, Pete Murray will be 93 in September. Good Lord above. 93, and he's still going. Still going. He lost Tricia some years ago uh, now to cancer. And Steve Jones, how old is Steve Jones being put down for? He's not 93. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. I reckon he must be... 68, 70, something like that. I'm only guessing, actually, because he used to do this, uh, the pyramid game, didn't he, Steve Jones? But I, ca- I can't remember how old he'd be. I think it's a state of mind. When we, we I've talked about this with friends of mine on, you know, they go, how old are you? One time I'd tell people how old I was and they'd go, oh, you don't look that old. <laughs> I used to say, oh, thanks. That was always quite nice. Uh, one in four rail commuters in the papers today have to stand. But there again, am I right? 73? Is he really? He's a good 73, is our Stevie. Very good 73. Go on, I shared a cab back from one of our events once. He was off his trolley. We had a, sometimes he had a bottle of vodka, which we shared in, in the back of a taxi. Those were the days you could sit in the back of a taxi and have a cigarette. Not now. Not, not now. Uh, good news is, says Tony in Dublin, he's ex of rice slip. That's a move and a half. Don't worry about the heat. Five months today. Christmas Day! My friend will be delighted uh, there. Uh, Steve, you get no dust with air conditioning, says Martin, who says, I love you. No, you don't really. You're just saying that. That's, you know, you mustn't toy with people's emotions at this time in the morning. We're all fairly vulnerable. You know, if somebody starts bandying around, I love you kind of bit. But you do, I don't think you get dust with air conditioning, but you can pick up all sorts of uh, illnesses because it circulates. It's all built into the same, you know, it's not all isolated. We're all into the same system, which I love, actually. I love it. Uh, so, 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 pensioners. Got a pensioner story for you a little bit later on. Uh, Cheryl Tweedy, one of the papers says, is having coffee dates with a mystery man. 
Could be her agent, I suppose. Or Cheryl going, uh, way eight, because I'm worth it and I'd like to go out with you. And uh, so it's only been three weeks since little uh, What's-His-Face uh, wandered out. There's an ex-Special Forces soldier risking his life to expose the brutal Mexican drug cartels. And uh, Harry and Elt unite to beat HIV. And Louise Redknapp, who says she paid the penalty when she married a footballer. I mean, come on, if you hadn't married a footballer, you'd be nobody. You'd be absolutely nobody at all. The Redknapp family are very well healed. Very well healed. But uh, why do people always sort of blame things? They always go, oh, of course, you know, you know don't. I, mean, I seem to remember saying when she had her sort of coming out kind of thing, you know, where she sort of opted out of the marriage and all the rest of it. And, uh, and she was saying, oh, I should have done this. My marriage has held me back from being a pop star. And I thought, are you mad? Nothing to do with that at all. It really hasn't. Uh, the one close shave, the cave boys, now into uh, being Buddhist monks. Bless their hearts. And uh, that's good for them. And some woman who claims she's grown pineapples at home in Preston. Now, I'm looking. I've never heard of somebody been able to do this. I reckon this is a set-up picture where she's been out and bought a couple of pineapples, stuck them onto this greenery, and then go, oh, I've grown pineapples. Because I just don't believe it. She says uh, it took 29 years. So she cut the top off a shop-bought pineapple and planted it in a pot in her bathroom 40 years ago. Now she's got full-size pineapples. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I would want to see that they weren't glued on or something like that or just sort of or ha- sticking two pineapples in a bowl and going, I grew these myself. You know, she says nothing like picking and eating fruit straight from the plant. The pineapple tastes lovely. She's north of Preston. She says, my husband used to say I could go to the shop and get one for a quid, but it's about the challenge of it. Yeah, I'm looking at you and I'm looking at a picture of these pineapples. I think they're a quid each. <laughs> I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. There's a picture of some uh, some beat bobbies here. Obviously not doing what they're supposed to be doing because these ones are doing Zumba dancing. I've got friends who do Zumba, so I, I can't I can't knock it because I don't know anything about it. But um, they, uh, they've been praised, the officers, for getting stuck in. In this heat, I'd, I wouldn't recommend doing Zumba for anybody at all. It must be absolutely dreadful. Mayhem as cyclists ride into a cloud of tear gas sprayed by French police battling militant farmers. You know what the French farmers are like? Oh, zutalor, zutalor, militant... They burnt sheep in the streets before now, the farmers. Oh, very militant. Very, very militant. So the the police are now battling them and spraying them. That's how militant they are. I mean, our one's over here. Hello, hello. Yeah, because most farmers are quite, you know, quite well-heeled, aren't they? They're all hacking jackets. What do you do? I uh, breed um, uh, sheepy dogs things, you know, rounding up the old sheep. The old missus, she loves that. She loves it. And uh, we've got a farm. We're just farming a small place, 15,000 acres. And because uh, they had a place for sale the other day. It was in Scotland. You could buy 1,300 acres and it was just under 2 million. And that came with locks and rivers and grouse shooting and beat it. And I thought, that seems quite good good value, doesn't it, really? You know, if you're into that kind of thing, I suppose it's very, very good value. Uh, also, the Heinz story. I must tell you the Heinz story, because this is a baked bean advert banned for the second time after comparing the product's nutritional value to a protein shake. Those are tin Heinz beans. The television commercial, seen in February, showed a man arriving home to his wife and daughter. He brags he's being healthy by having a milkshake full of protein with high fibre and minimal fat. She then gets a bowl of Heinz beans out of the microwave and says, right, we're just having some beans. The advert ends with the caption, high in protein, high in fibre, low in fat, followed by the slogan, good for you, without going on about it. Now, the advert was banned last year 
by the ASA, Advertising Standards Authority, uh, as advertising regulations do not allow claims that one food has as much of a nutrient or nutritions as other food. But after the commercial was amended, the ad clearance agency, Clearcast, approved the edited version, saying it had been changed sufficiently to ensure viewers wouldn't think it was comparing Heinz beans and the drink. However, the fresh complaint being upheld, the ASA said we considered the overall impression created by the ad was that Heinz beans contained as much protein, fibre and fat as a typical protein shake. Heinz said it didn't plan to run the advert again. They've got loads of coverage, but they were basically lying. You can't do that. You can't make misleading statements because people then think it's really good for you. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I like cereal, but I don't have cereal very often. I'll have it very occasionally when I'm, I happen to be somewhere and I go, oh, I'll just buy a packet of, of cereal. But then you see the cereals I like are full of sugar. I like Jordan's. Jordan's is sort of, you know, fine with, you know, this and all sorts. And it just tastes delicious, but it's sugar. Not surprised that they sell it to me. I like cornflakes because they're a bit bland and boring. And the other ones I, I try not to touch. I've had shredded wheat bite size before, but that's, that's very few and far between. Anita Rani. Obviously, it's a desperately sad uh, day, but um, they've got the Big British Asian Summer. It's a new BBC programme. And uh, she, confe- she confesses that, that the reason for looking so young at 40 can be found on supermarket shelves. So she makes stuff with yoghurt, turmeric, but only a tiny bit. You don't want to go too yellow. And that's what... I don't think she looks any different to anybody else at 40. In fact, I've seen people who look an awful lot better. She started wearing the jackets that people in the countryside wear. But uh, skin looks exactly the same. Honey, yoghurt. What did the what did the Aussie boy call it? He called it yoghurt. He called it yoghurt. I said, it's yoghurt. He went, no, it's yoghurt. And he can't see Maldives. He calls it the Maldives. I mean, seriously, you'd see what we're dealing with, can't you? Mercifully, he's not been on the programme for some time. We've had a word and they've sort of, they've moved him side, sideways. I don't know where he's working and, and frankly, it's too dangerous to even ask nowadays. But yeah, that's what he, he used to call it. He's hopeless at stuff like that. Uh, somebody else says, my childhood and adolescence were spent in Clacton. In the 50s and 60s, we frequented Napolot... Anyway, it's a coffee bar with ice creams available, including Knickerbocker Glory. During the winter, Naps used to offer ice cream cornets of an Italian type. Not creamy, but had hard scoops of vanilla. Dish, delicious in winter, says Jenny. Yes. And somebody says we're off for a week's holiday this Friday to Wigan. Are you serious? You're going to Wigan on holiday? Oh, Lord above. Hopefully visit the famous pier. Uh, I hope the weather is as nice as it always seems to turn bad when a holiday's booked. Well, they've said Friday again. Second time they've actually said Friday and it's going to be uh, very wet. I don't care. I really, really don't care. But, I mean, Wigan on holiday. I mean, that's, that's a bit far-fetched. What do you say, a and b or something? What is it to see in Wigan? It's a long way to go, isn't it, for misery? But there you go. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes. No, it's not. It's 11 minutes to six. I was lying. I was lying. Don't worry. You've got another... No, go now. Go now. Go now. Don't hang around. Uh, that's how we pronounce yoghurt and the Maldives here in Australia, says Shane. Well, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's yoghurt. 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 I mean, I ask, where are we coming from? And Maldives. Maldives. People who live there. Maldivians. That's what they are. And they eat yoghurt. Yoghurt. 
I mean, almost seriously. Shows how poles apart we are, doesn't it, really? We've got no idea. I mean, it's like the Americans. Aluminum. Hello? Excuse me? It's aluminium. It's gooseberry. Oh, no, it's not. It's gooseberry. What was the other one that they did? Was it black... Blackberry... Black, oh, no, no, I don't think that was right, actually. But definitely aluminium. Tomatoes. Tomato. You know, we get all of that kind of stuff. And then they have all sorts of strange things in the kitchen whereby you go, what are they doing here? You know, they, they, heavy milk is cream. They don't call it cream, they call it heavy milk. There's this woman who cooks on my television every day. It's not David Beckham, because he's not a woman and he's not cooking at the moment, but he will be because, old oh, Dave, he's a master of just about nothing. You know, how much talent does it take to model pants? <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and Zach says, I miss your banter and... And Mickey taking with the Aussie boy. Well, to be honest with you, he'd, we'd, we'd got bored with him. We, we'd had enough. He'd, he'd been on holiday and he'd, he'd come back a changed man. Seriously, I think it was an eye-opening experience for him. It was, it was always a bit dithery this way and that way. And, and he, he goes on holiday and I think he goes to Miami and he takes one of the innocents out of the office who came back a completely different person. I mean, completely different. You know, they went away nice, calm, they've come back a nervous wreck. Seriously, and now it's all, I don't know where it's gone to, it's terrible. Uh, crammed in like cattle, trains carrying twice the passengers they should. Now, I don't know what the legal thing is. I know on a bus, sometimes they get, can you move down the bus? Can you move further down the bus? Oh, we had a thing the other day, there was somebody sitting behind me on the bus from Richmond, and I got on, and, and I've got, I bought one of those lemon juice drinks from Mark Spencer's. It's, just, it's called Still Lemonade, and it's just lemon juice, and water, but it's chilled. It's, in it. it's quite expensive, actually. It'd be cheaper to buy a bottle of lemon juice and do it myself, but I didn't. And um, and it was quite nice, anyway. So I'm sitting on the bus, and the bloke behind me is obviously a bus driver. And he was complaining, because it was so hot on the bus. Even with all the windows open, it was so hot. Why they haven't got a window at the front of the bus, so that when it's driving, you get a breeze all the way through? I've got no idea. It can't be that complicated, even in the sound of music. You know, when Julie Andrews as Maria is singing on the bus with her guitar, the windows on the bus, like the wheels going round and round, you wind a handle down and the window comes down like anywhere else. Why is it on buses? You know, the window is at the top there. Blooming useless. Useless. Designed, ladies and gentlemen, by people who want to ruin your life, to make you get off the bus and think, oh, I just feel awful, feel awful. You know, why you can't have a window that you wind down and so that, you know, Julie Andrews sort of looking out the window. Years ago, you could stick your head out the window of a car. Nowadays, you wouldn't do that. But let's get some more air. So they, they then went on various trains to see how oh, they worked this one out. They must have stood there and counted, I suppose. Five of the worst. OK, here is one here. The 5.40 a.m. Uckfield to London Bridge. The capacity is 107 people. The number of passengers it is carrying is... 267. OK, but it gets worse. The 7.55am, Cambridge to King's Cross, supposed to hold 203. 427, which is a 210% increase. The 5.46, London, Euston to Crewe, 412, but in fact it was holding 754 people. And the 4pm Manchester Airport to Edinburgh, supposed to be 191 capacity, 354. Amazing. However, the 5.11pm Sutton to Luton, capacity, 803. How many passengers? 
1,579. Small wonder you get there and you're in a terrible state, because it must be so frustrating. I mean, also, if you're one of these people who suffers from claustrophobia, you know, and all of a sudden you look... I mean, I used to get claustrophobic on the tube, so I'm not... I've been on the tube, obviously, because I'm of this age, so I must have been on the tube. And I've been on it loads and loads of times, but each if it was too busy... I'd literally be uh, holding back and then waiting for the next train. And if that was busy, I'd wait. I could wait, you know, hours to get on the right train so that at least I would... Because it's so noisy. It's noisy and it's crowded. And then you... Why can't all the stations be on the same side? So you get into the station, which which side side are we getting off? Which side... Where do you get off? Of course, it's full of tourists standing there with their cases in the middle of a station. It's very frustrating. Very frustrating. But that's all right. I don't mind. A few years ago... (coughs) <coughs> excuse me, says Rob. Uh, Steve, my wife and I were in York. And uh, my wife, is called Sally, bought a homeless person a sandwich and a warm drink. The verbal abuse was awful. I threw the drink and the sandwich in the nearest bin. The following week, I was in Doncaster. Who did I see in a doorway? The same person. We don't give anything anymore, sorry to say, says Rob. I know, they're, they're sort of... Because they don't want food and drink. They can get food and drink anywhere. They want money. That's what they want. They're looking for money. They've all got dogs, haven't they, but we know why. Jackie says, uh, power outage drives me mad. It's power cut. Who says power outage? Is that what they say over there? Apparently. And then and then somebody says here, you Brits can't pronounce uh, dynasty. It's dynasty. No, it's not. It's dynasty. It's dynasty. Not dynasty. Oh, dear. English people, says Jane, that pronounce latte as latte. Oh, she says I could strangle them. Well, that kind of talk first thing in the morning. People worry about that. You know, serial killer in the making here. She's going to kill people for mispronouncing latte. I've only just got used to doing, you know, they they have a lot of trouble in most of the coffee shops with extra shot because the girls speak Polish and it doesn't really help. It doesn't translate properly. So they go extra hot, shot, extra shot. I've become quite angry about it, quite angry about it. But uh, as I say, I'll, I'll go and get some more water today. Because I think that's uh, that's the thing to do. You can uh, listen. Just remember to check the sell-by date. Makes it so much easier. Aluminium was discovered by an American. He named it aluminium, but when he registered it, the UK Science Department said it must end in an ium, like other elements. The Americans never added it and kept it as just um, so pronounce it properly for them. Says Joe in Doncaster. Right, you're barred. Nothing like nobody likes a clever dick on this program. Who wants a clever dick at coming up to six o'clock in the morning? Goodness sake, honestly, this BBC local radio, desperate for people like you. Desperate. It's pronounced aluminium. Aluminum. We live on the Isle of Arran, says Leslie, uh, off the west coast of Scotland. We have grown several pineapples from shop-bought ones. You have to ensure the bought pineapple has the middle bit in the top. A lot of growers take them out so people can't grow them at home. So stop being so sceptical, you liar, Leslie. You can't grow pineapples. Of course you can't. You're on the Isle of Arran. Good. Honestly, you're telling me next bags of flour as well. And you probably keep sheep and goats and horses and stuff like that. Just a total fantasy world. You live in a top floor flat. You can't even afford to buy pineapples. They're way too expensive up there because the transportation cost is ludicrous. You can't grow them. They take years to grow because we don't have the climate. You certainly don't have it in Aran. That's a fact. It's ridiculous. Uh, Go on then. Finish the conversation about the woman who cooks everything every day. I love your show, but you do start conversation, then drift off to... Did you see that thing the other day? They had this, like a Christmas tree, and, and we, we were talking about it on the programme some years ago, and it was a snowing Christmas tree, because QVC, you see, if the great QVC are doing Christmas in July, I'm there. 
I'm there for it. Even one of my bosses said the other day, he said, who buys this Christmas stuff now? I said, me. Me. I'm the one who <laughs> sits at home with a piece of paper and the pencil. Write it. I must get one of those. I haven't got one of those, have I? They were doing the other day some of these fibre cloths. They were doing 20 for 19.99 on Ideal World. And then by the afternoon, 40 for night. Well, I was on the phone immediately. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, because I've already got a load of these fibre cloths. But uh, I thought, I'll get them, then I'll polish the car. And I thought, well, you don't polish the car, Steve. What's the point of having fibre? And I thought, oh, I can use them for other things. can't think of what, but I'm sure there must be something. And it was too good a bargain. Too good a bargain. I've seen people cleaning cars, but I don't clean cars. Somebody else cleans the car. That's what I pay people for. People, people get paid for, uh, for cleaning cars. I don't want to put people out of work. I really don't. So, uh, another one here says, uh, pineapples have been grown from the tops. Yes, you can, I mean, but a lot of people don't want the tops. Paul, Paul Cooper will say to somebody, do you, want, do you want the tops or not? And a lot of people don't want them. You just take, because it's just something else, isn't it? Just something else to sort of hang around with. West coast of Scotland, honestly, as if, as if you could grow anything up there at all. Just nothing. Aaron, Oh, let's grow a pineapple. Yeah, why don't you grow coconuts at the same time? And uh, Form says, do you think they'd recognise a pineapple in Preston during the dented can harvest? I don't know, actually. That's the only way I thought pineapples came. It came as a big shock to me to discover you could actually buy the fruit. You can actually buy a pineapple now. And you can buy a little machine which, uh, which actually does it. Merino Ice is in Broadstairs, a must-visit with its 1950s and 60s decor. Uh, delicious ice cream. Also, Ross's. Yes, old ice cream families. Hokey Pokey. That's what it was. Hokey Pokey Man. He used to come round the neighbourhood. Hokey Pokey, Hokey Pokey. My grandmother told me about that. She said the Hokey Pokey Man used to come round. I said, really? I think you could get in the early days. Unbelievable. And he'd come and go, Hokey Pokey. And you'd buy your ice cream. And uh, <laughs> making my mouth water thinking about it. Anyway, coming up very shortly, the news at six o'clock. Uh, the diabetic girl of 13, missing, uh, they say, with somebody she met on the internet. Not the first time we've heard stories like this. Uh, TV Kate's puppets bust up. It was Punch and Judy, but one of them was uh, was a black puppet, and uh, Kate didn't like it at all. She really didn't. Uh, school counsellors to protect kids online. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Lord Carey, has admitted fobbing off those who complained about another bishop's sexual abuse. And Ivanka Trump has shut down a clothing firm. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning. It's always it's got quite quite desperate at the moment uh, in the world of celeb or minor Z-lister, as I call them now, because you know just about to go off on uh, tour in fame. The musical I think is Georgie Porter. You know, the one who also has advertises bad skin cream and everything. Just about anything you get her hands on at the moment. And uh, now she's been letting uh, anybody who will listen know that she's very keen to do Strictly Come Dancing. That would be her dream job. And you think, well, why don't you change your agent then? You know, they've got you a stage tour. They're not going to be interested in you for that. It's the same old, same olds. Then you look at these celeb programs. They go, celebs. And you go, yeah, but what celebs? And they go, uh, Chloe Sims. What? Somebody from... Geordie Shaw. What? That's how desperate. That's how desperate it's got. I mean, they really are some, some really very dreary people. Very dreary people. Um, Ivanka Trump has shut down her clothing firm, but we knew that the moment she moved into the White House and she was being given a bigger job within Daddy's Empire, that uh, she wouldn't bother with her clothing firm anymore because it's not it's not the most successful thing she's ever done. So that's gone. the The girl who's gone missing with a web pal. The uh, 
Parents have passed on the details to the police. She's been talking to somebody on Instagram or something like that. She's diabetic. She's only got enough insulin to go for three, for four days. She's 13. 13. And the parents go, oh, we have tried to close down, you know, these things before. And then she just opens up under something else. That's the trouble when they're 13. They're very disruptive. And it's a case of they'll do what they want to do. Remember the other day we had the story of the the drag 14-year-old boy who wanted to go and do his little routine at 14 years old, which is okay. I don't have a problem with that. But the school said, no, you've got to be 18. You know, he's 14, he's gay, apparently. And uh, and his mother said, you know, that the school should let him do it. I'm sorry, the schools aren't there to pander to the wishes of a 14-year-old. Thank you very much indeed. You know, finish your schooling, go and do as much drag as you want to. You can mince up and down the the promenade and do it. Make Nobody cares. Seriously, we're so beyond things like that now. Might be a bit different for you, but it's a case of, and where do you think this is going? I mean, do you seriously think that, you know, because he's, he's watched RuPaul. Well, RuPaul is quite ancient and has been doing this for a long time. You seriously think somebody's going to, where do you think you're going to put a 14-year-old boy who dresses up in women's clothing? He said, all my school friends thought it was great. Really? Really? Well, the school have said no. So uh, that's it. Uh, James Martin's on the hunt for the best chippy in Britain. I do like chips. Not all the time. I like, you know, once every sort of month or something like that, I might have some chimps and a, chips and a sausage and batter. So good old James Martin is on the hunt for the best one. And then eventually, because I don't know what the answer is. I like triple cooked chips, but you only really get those in in sort of garden centres or sort of restaurants and things like that. I think you get them in Joe Allen's. I seem to have had triple cooked chips there before. Uh, also, the terror police have boosted an MP's security after a criticism of Asian sex gangs. She's had death threats. Seriously, because she's criticised these Asian sex gangs who've been uh, raping children. <laughs> Cheryl Tweedy having... Co- oh, too boring. Dorville and Dean's journey to figure skating glory could become a big screen flick, but only on your television. So, a small screen flick, I suppose. Uh, a plastic surgery addict has spent £100,000 apparently on on work to look like Wonder Woman. I mean, seriously, she's wearing somebody else's hair on her head. Doesn't look at all like Wonder Woman. Since when did Wonder Woman have her boobs hanging out in front of her? But uh, that's uh, that's that one. Uh, Louise Redknapp says she paid a penalty when she married a footballer. It's obviously held her back throughout her entire life. And uh, celebs go dating, just there aren't any celebs. It's a bunch of Z-list people who, frankly, are so desperate for attention, they'll take just about any programme you know, we'll have celebrity hangings shortly, I should imagine. Where they'll get, uh, would you be prepared to do this? Oh, yes, yes, I think so, yes. All oh, right, it's only pretend. We're not really going to go through with it. But we'll, we'll sort of play various games. Oh, right, yeah, that's OK. Yeah, I'll do that. Is it going to make me famous? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, of course it is. It's like when you used to watch, you know, at the end of Big Brother, they do Big Brother's Little Brother on the side, which was full of an audience of the most peculiar people you've ever seen in your life. These people shouldn't be allowed out on the streets. They look like, if you looked at me going, oh, scary, scary, you know, if you're standing at the bus stop and they're near you, you move a little bit. You know, you don't want them hanging around anyway. Uh, the heat wave shutting GP surgeries, not our ones. Very good. Hospitals in chaos, not our ones. The rail lines buckling, that's the heat. And there's more to come. So Friday, producers have been fobbing me off with this one for a few hours now. Oh, it's going to rain, it's going to be really wet and all the rest of it. What do we get on the news? Going to be the hottest temperature we've ever had on Friday. So then to counteract what he said to me, he then goes, oh yeah, we can have the heat, then we can have the rain. (sighs) Yeah, like last time. Little dribbles of rain. Honestly, seriously. It was I mean, it wasn't even, you know, when I'm out with my hose 
I am drenching. That's what I'm, I want to see, a downpour, an absolute downpour of rain. But I don't think it's going to happen. Mind you, I've been wrong before. But, uh, I, I try and skirt over it so nobody picks me up on it. Um, we've done the Heinz baked bean advert. They, they've said they're not going to run it again, which is good. And frugal pensioners hit by a £10,000 care home penalty. It's bad enough. A friend of mine, well, my, my Lynn, she's got to get a, a carer in for her mum. And it's something like £30 an hour. I thought, how many hours is she going to be staying? And it's going to be quite... And you think, £30 an hour? So if they're there for sort of an eight-hour day, that's £240 a day. You know, and you can't just have it sort of once every three weeks or something. It's got to be practically... It's so expensive. But middle-class elderly people who pay for their care home places are charged... £10,000 a year more than fellow residents whose bills are met by the taxpayer. So, in other words, a typical home bed, <clears throat> those who own their own homes or have savings, typically pay £750 a week, which is £195 a week more. Where do you get 750 quid a week? Do tell me where these places are, because they're not round here. My friend Graham, his, uh, his, his mother's in a care home. Seven, God, he'd be grateful if it was seven. £750 a week. That's an awful... Not an awful lot of money compared to some places. You know, 750 quid a week. So what's that? 750, 7,000... £3,000 a month. 36,000 a year. Well, I think that's cheap compared to what some places are. It's terrible. You know, councils refuse to pay the full cost of looking after those whose bills are met by the, the taxpayer. Wow. Apparently, those paying their own nursing home bills are likely to be charged a thousand a week, which is two hundred and seventy quid a week more than the average amount. Small wonder, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of elderly people panic as they get a bit older. You know, you might not have loads of family around you. You might not have loads of family who've got money or anything like that. And it's a case of, you know, can I afford to go into a home? Can I find a home that takes me? Am I going to be looked after properly? You know, you see all these things where you've seen people... I've seen it on the television countless times, where people get abused in these homes. Not all of them, quite obviously. You know, people have money stolen. People are thieving off people with dementia. It's obviously a very lucrative little market to tap into. But people must worry. We've had people before who've written to me saying, you know, I get worried about who's, who's going to pay for my funeral. And I think, don't worry about it. Why would you worry about it? Don't worry about things like that. It's like bills for heating... And stuff like that in the middle of winter. Don't worry about it. Let somebody else worry about it. What are they going to do? Come round and disconnect you because you're an elderly person who's dared to put the heating on? You put it on. You put it on. Don't worry about the consequence. I tell you, there'll be enough, enough stuff in the papers that will sort of shame these people. Cathy says, tell these Americans it's our language. Stop ruining it. Yes. It's like garage is garage and address is address. Like two separate words. We have a, an Indian restaurant, and, and the word is uh, blissfully Indian. They've done it as two words, bliss, dash, fully. I mean, I've never heard of that before. I wanted to go and knock on the door and say, I think you've screwed up big time. But, uh, Steve, uh, we grow great ice cream in Scotland. There's an ice cream shop in Kilmarnock, says Nigel, that makes the best ice cream you'll ever taste. And if ever you do go to Kilmarnock, as if, Beware their rum and raisin, as it puts you over the drink dry. Do you know, I'd never have rum and raisin. Out of all the flavours of ice cream, I wouldn't have rum and raisin. I'd probably have... If I was doing a sorbet, it would be lemon, because it's about the only one that really gets your, gets your juices going. And if it was normal ice cream, it would probably, probably be vanilla. 
chocolate on occasion. And if I'm really pushing the boat out, chocolate, strawberry and vanilla. But then they all get mixed up, don't they? And you stir around and things like that. But uh, no, you're quite right. I'm never going to be heading to the uh, the ice cream shop in Kilmarnock. Although I'm not, I'm not <laughs> dismissing it out of hand completely. I might one day go to Kilmarnock. Years ago, says Nigel, and I remember this one, uh, there was... Um, a big craze for buying boxes of peat seeded with mushroom spores to grow crops in. And what they do is they'd sell you and they go, oh, pick your own mushrooms. And it's just as easy to go out and buy the blooming things. And they're so cheap, mushrooms. And so you'd, you'd put this box under the stairs. And, uh, and Nigel says, despite following all the watering instructions, nothing happened for weeks. Until one morning I was delighted to find a huge covering of beautiful button mushrooms. Much excitement until the wife confessed to having bought them in the supermarket and uh, stuck them all over the box herself. Because people used to do that, grow your own potatoes, grow your own fruit trees, ballerina fruit trees. It was all done in miniature, so you could grow apples and pears. Go to the greengrocers, go and buy them properly, all this growing it yourself. I can understand growing leeks and tomatoes and strawberries and things like that, but I'm, I'm sort of slightly disturbed about people still growing mushrooms. It can't be worth it, can it? Can't be worth it. Well, I don't think so. But uh, at least the wife's fairly adventurous. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, still debating. I wonder how long it take me to get to Kilmarnock for an ice cream. I think they should actually send it down to me. <laughs> uh, Johnny says, you bitter, jealous man. I've had an orange and banana tree in my Shooter's Hill garden for 21 years. You're still on the medication. You're still on it. Bananas, as you know, only fruit once in their lifetime. And uh, and you've never had an orange tree. Never had an orange tree. I did see a house that was on sale. And what was it? Trinidad, Tobago, something like that. And they said, oh, in the garden, you've got papaya and you've got this. And I thought, yeah, that's fine because they've got these. Like, we haven't got it here. Shooter, what are you telling me? Shooter's Hill's got separate, separate eco-climate. <laughs> and somebody says, I'd love to spend a day rummaging around your flat. You're a bit peculiar, aren't you? Why would you want to do that? Oh, you're a burglar. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. I had no idea, actually. I sort of, I misconstru- I just thought you were being just generally nosy to see, you know, all these things that I buy on a whim. I don't ever buy anything on a whim. I promise you, I don't buy anything on a whim. Sat-nav. I, uh, at one point, I had six sat-navs. Six, don't ask me why. I'd see them and go, that's nice. I like the look at bigger screen, bigger, f- like the voice. Love it. I thought, a good way of learning a language. Leave it in Polish. And then, you know, I'll gradually pick up the, the words. That's the idea behind it. Did you give yours a Birmingham accent? They were going to have a thing here at LBC. They said, how would you like to be the voice of a sat-nav? And, and I said, that sounds quite a good idea. And so people could have, you know, you could have downloaded Steve Allen being the voice of your sat-nav, which they thought would be quite nice. Turn right. Turn right! Oh, dear, honestly. You know, well, I tell you what, let's just keep going, shall we? We'll try it again in a few minutes. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, you're very lovely to have your company. It's another hot... I don't need to tell you now, do I? Might as well just accept the fact that every single day we wake up, it's another dreadful expedition into town. It's another day of being crammed in railway carriages. It's another day of... I mean, the underground must be boiling. I think they did a corridor. Where did they do it the other day in a hospital? I think it was something like that. 50 degrees it was. 50 degrees. They said, just ridiculous. I mean, it is absolutely... I mean, we have, as I say, on each of our floors, there's probably at least two kitchens, if not more on some of them. And we've got all the taps there. They do either boiling hot water 
for making yourself a cup of tea out of the tap, or ice-cold water, same tap, and it's ice-cold water, and it's filtered, and, and it's lovely. But, you know, if you're not actually anywhere near it, and you're standing on a train, imagine standing next to somebody who's got a bottle of ice-cold water, and they're just pouring it over themselves. I mean, you'd, you'd want to kill. Seriously, in this weather, because it's just, it's too hot, and we don't do heat. We're not a hot country. We are not tropical London, tropical Birmingham, tropical, tropical Edinburgh, or Glasgow or Eastleigh, or Southampton, or the New Forest, or anywhere. We just, we just don't do that. You know, animals everywhere going, it's too hot. Too hot. Way too hot. Ridiculous. Steve, where can you get a care home for less than 2000 a week in the South East? I don't think it's possible, says Mike. Most are about three grand. It's a fortune. It's an absolute fortune. Uh, Neil says, let me know when you want to go to Kilmarnock for ice cream, and I'll drive you for free. You put... No, that's stalking. You're not allowed to say things like that in this day and age. You can't start hitting on somebody because they're on the radio because you want a free ice cream. I mean, it's a long way to go, Kilmarnock. Well, I don't know how, exactly how many miles Kilmarnock is away from London, but I'm guessing, you know, it's 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 probably... <laughs> Let me have a guess at it. Let me try and wait for it. Go from here and go there and I go straight up that particular... And then if I take the left-hand turning... I think, um, if I take, no, take the right-hand turning, and I can go a little bit uh, a little bit quicker. If I go past the Wallace Collection and go round the back of that, go near the Chilton Firehouse and go straight down the road there, past the Premier Inn. Actually, I could stay at the Premier Inn in, uh, in Kilmarnock. But uh, I've, if I was driving, if I was driving, it's about seven hours. It's four, I reckon it's about 430 miles. I think it's about... It's way... I mean, you've got to go past the Lake District National Park, the Yorkshire Dales National Park. You've got to go past Blackpool, but believe you me, that's the best thing that you've ever heard. Keep going, and you keep going straight up Dumfries, and then up there, you're sort of, you know, Newcastle's on the right-hand side. Then you get to Glasgow, and then you drop down from Paisley. So you're very near the Trossachs. And you know that we know all about the Trossachs on this programme. So it's, it's seven... For an ice cream... You know, if you wanted to bring it back and impress somebody with it, the thing's going to be melted, isn't it? Would it be possible to buy an ice cream and bring it down after seven hours and go, look, da-da, still got the same ice cream? No, being bits and pieces like my poor milkshake the other day. So that's it. It's too far to go. Too far. I'd rather go to South End. Well, I wouldn't really. Uh, Steve, my late Chinese mother, says Paulie, used to run Brella as a parasol. You see lots of Chinese people using parasols. They do that wonderful waxed paper. I've got one. I can just smell the umbrella. Seriously, I'm quite happy. It's waxed paper with Chinese writing on it. It's beautiful. It's absolutely lovely. But it keeps the sun off people. Everybody's got them. Everybody's got them. Uh, apparently, if you find yourself crushed against a mouthy dreg in the train, you could suggest in a loud voice that perhaps they'd be more comfortable, says Kate, if they took a cab next time. <laughs> I don't think I could suggest that. I'm, I'm quite happy on a train. I'm quite happy to just read my book or something like that or... I do stare out the window, but I'm probably when you're surrounded by a sea of legs, it's not very exciting, is it, really? You sort of you know, think that's good. Kilmarnock is close to Trump's golf course. Stay there, says Brian. I don't want to stay there. I don't like golf. Not a golf sort of person, actually. <laughs> well, I don't think I am, actually. Now we're a hot country. Do you think we should be allowed siestas, says Ben? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> it'd be like the French. You know, you get to lunchtime, you get everything closes. We, we, we have a sleep in the afternoon. They don't. They don't sleep in the afternoon. It's only us. Only us. Chris in Cardiff says, we did a trip to Panath on the day off yesterday, sat on the pier. We resisted the temptation of chips, but yielded to ice cream. Oh, I agree with yourself. I agree with you on that one. You know, I mean, given the choice, actually, given the choice, I would probably, I would like 
chips, I think, actually. And Roger says, um, uh, I almost wet myself when you said takes a great photograph from a distance, like Birmingham. Help me out. I'm terrified about starting a new job at a certain large media news organisation today. I somehow got in, do my first shift today, but I'm scared of failing. Any advice? Fail. Yeah, I mean, fail, it's so much easier, Roger. There's no point, actually, in sort of trying to pretend that, you know, that you've got the talent, which quite clearly you don't. You know, fail. Go do some, Go sell ice cream. That's what I'd like to do. The ice cream man in Twickenham, he does ice cream in the summer. He's a painter and decorator in the, wind, in the winter. That's like Bert. Remember Bert? Who's the... He's the... Um, he's a screever, which is the pavement artist. And then he, he sweeps people's chimneys as well. Bert from Mary Poppins. He's got lots of things. And uh, Steve, Christmas shopping on QVC today. Thank you. Nice to have Joanne back. You think so? Oh, well, there you go. And uh, no, she's fine. I haven't spoken to her yet. She didn't even come and knock on the window. Normally she knocks on the window and I sort of go, go away. Not people are like nowadays. They hang around. But you know why? Because there's a bit of glitter on me and it's a bit show busy and they want to be involved in the showbiz side of it. Uh, I wonder if all of these single room portable air conditioning units available from DIY stores to buy or hire are effective. They are, yes. They are. You've just got to hang a pipe out your window because you've got, you want to get rid of the hot air. And so what they do is they hang the pipe out the back window. And we've got one downstairs. We're having our air conditioning done. And, uh, and, it's, and they've got it in there. So I walked in front of it stupidly, like sitting in the middle of a heat wave. But, yeah, I think they're, they're fine. I don't know. What would you pay for that? Three, four hundred pounds? My friend Danny's had it put into his house, which I think is very luxurious. Very nice indeed. Uh, but, no, you can... I mean, I'd, I'd never hire... If you, can, if you can buy, so if you can afford to buy, buy, because hiring it's just throwing money away. You're never going to possess the thing. And if you can buy it for like three hundred pounds, go online, see what you can get, see what you can get. But bearing in mind, if it's a proper air conditioning unit, it'll weigh a ton. Not a little unit you put some cold water in and a little fan that blows the cool air. No, it'll have a refrigeration unit in it, and that will turn the. Uh, and it's lovely when you first put it on. It's like oh. I could just sit in front of this all day. And, and I have done. But then you wake up in the middle of the night. It's so blooming cold. It's like being stuck in a freezer. I remember waking up thinking, oh, my goodness me. This is uh, not good at all for me. Uh, front page of the Express today. This biblical disaster. Families fleeing uh, for safety as the wildfires in Greece kill at least 74. It is terrible. They've got them in all so many, so many different places. Not so good. Uh, also, the betrayal of our RAF heroes. I totally agree. Totally agree. You know, it's just ridiculous. The Ministry of Defence accused of betraying the dam busters and the Red Arrows. One of the RAF's most historic air bases will close to make way for a new housing development. Just what we need, isn't it? More houses? Oh, just chuck them out. Chuck them out. Thank you very much indeed for what you did, but we're not interested anymore. RAF Scampton in Lincolnshire, home to the legendary 617 dam buster squadron, and now the current base for the Red Arrows air display team, is to be sold off as part of a £3 billion cost-cutting exercise. This base is 102 years old. It's been at the heart of our RAF uh, operations since 1918. It was where the Lancaster bombers carried out the crucial raids on the dams of the Ruhr Valley in 1943. It's also currently the headquarters of Number One Air Control Centre, which protects the UK's airspace from hostile aircraft. Oh, but let's build some houses, because we've got loads of houses. Oh, we really need houses. You can't build enough, can you? In Twickenham, every time they build houses, they're building them over the station. Who wants to live over a station? They're building houses. Register your interest now. They haven't built them. You've just got to register your interest. So, in other words, you can buy this thing before they're even built. Ridiculous. Go through London. 
I'll take a train out of any of our mainline stations and see how many flats are going up. Who wants to live in some of these places? I'm sorry, see, I'm sorry, but you look out your window into somebody else's place. There's no views anymore because they're cramming loads of people in. So in Twickenham, you know, where flats are going for ludicrous prices, like six, seven hundred thousand for a two-bedroom flat. Hello? Who can afford stuff like that? Apparently loads of people. Although come into London and you'll find loads of flats which have been sold, but they're empty. They're bought by overseas buyers. They don't live in them. They just keep them there. So they sit there. Classic example. If you can count any more than three lights on at any one time, do let me know. And that's down next to the Mandarin Oriental Hotel, where I think flats on average are about 10 to 12 million. Ever see any lights on? I come through in the early hours of the morning, I'm telling you. Sometimes I've seen two lights on. It's a bit of a revelation. Bit of a revelation. Uh, Anne Whittacombe, in a column today, talking about uh, the dog which ate the uh, the family's tickets so they can't go on holiday, so they mean moan, 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 moan. Also, whatever the... Uh, whatever has the BBC sunk to now? And she's talking about press freedom and uh, everything else. So we came up with the conclusion, I think about a week ago on the programme in, in relation to Cliff, is the case that until somebody's been charged with something, they don't name them. Don't name them. Because, you know, they made a big mistake on that one. But, of course, nobody's accepting responsibility because the people responsible, they've shoved away. Shoved away. Um, the cost of a wedding is soaring. How much do you think an average wedding is now? £18,000. on a, Really? Well, you can get it done much cheaper than that. I'm quite sure, aren't you? Oh, beavers have returned. I was so delighted. I often wondered about beaver. And, uh, and it's returned to the Forest of Dean for the first time in 400 years. They, they put a pair in of Eurasian beavers uh, in the hope they will establish a new population. Well, they might not like each other. Like, look, you know, I'm sorry we've been shoved it. What are we supposed to do? I think they want more beavers. So there you go. But, uh, there's a, a £20,000 three-year trial, which is, uh, which is coming up. I never thought about that, actually, beavers in the countryside. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 25 to 7 coming up on Nick Ferrari at Breakfast with Tom Swarbrick this week. You'll hear an LBC special on the state of Britain's railways. It's been my bugbear for ages. I complain about it on a daily basis. I don't think we do enough on, uh, on railways. Tom will be asking why so many operators are rolling along from one crisis to another. Plus, he'll hear how other nations run their train services. Yes, better. Even in India, they're running better train services than we are. Why is our rail service so poor? I don't know. Perhaps we don't invest enough money. A group of MPs say our ancient treason law should be updated so they can be used to send jihadis to jail for life. What's the point of keep, keeping them for life? What's the point of that one? Tom will speak to one of the men behind this new report. Plus, Theresa May has taken back control of Brexit negotiations. Do back her to get a good deal for Britain? That's on Nick Ferrari at Breakfast with Tom Swabrick this morning from 7 on LBC. Uh, I've got Britain's tallest family for you. They're very tall, actually. Uh, Dad and three sons. And uh, this is the Marsh clan. And uh, I can tell you now that (laughs) the smallest is Dad, Tim. He's 53. He's six foot seven. Six foot seven. Uh, The next one is Samuel. He's 19. He's six foot nine. Oscar, at 21, is six foot ten. And Matthew, who is 16, is six foot eleven. That's seven foot tall. The funny thing is, when you see a picture of them, they just look like normal sized people. But if you saw them with normal people, they would all look really tiny. In fact, because Dad looks really small. But he's six foot seven. Six foot seven. Incidentally, if you're worried 
that your pets will fight like cat and dog, you need not be, as long as your feline is in charge. So cats can live with dogs, provided Pussycat is in charge. And uh, you see all the films, don't you, on the television, on YouTube and stuff like that. And uh, as long as you accept the fact that the cat's going to take over the house and the dog plays a secondary role, then you're fine. Because cats, as you know, do what they want to do when they want to do it. They'll eat when they want to eat. They'll, um, they'll go out when they want to go out. They'll sleep when they want to sleep. And they'll play limited times. They don't want to play all the time because they're cats. And they're just... They're a bit like the Aristocats. Very much. Uh, Siamese, I always think, are very sort of poncy sort of cats. I always imagine them being quite snooty. Quite snooty. Uh, Jane says, purchased my first Christmas gift this year, two weeks ago, in Fortnum's. And Tom from Buntingford. I know Buntingford. Don't worry about the people on the tube. Feel for my wife, Steve. Nine months pregnant and overdue after eight weeks of heat. Sod's law, the baby will come on Friday. <laughs> Imagine. We bought, says Tony, a portable air con unit ten years ago. Only used it on odd times, but have it in the bedroom. Just put it on for an hour before bed. Great to have a cool room. Yeah, as I say, I've left mine on all night. And you do wake up in the middle of the night thinking, God, it's cold. <laughs> climb under the duvet. Uh, Steve, it's 431 miles to Kilmarnock. Non-stop, you'll be trapped in the car for seven hours with this stalker. Do not do it! You know, Kilmarnock's a dump anyway. All that coast is where the Glaswegians go for holidays and day trips. It's like Rill and Prestatin for Scousers, says tanker driver Phil. And, uh, and Wendy says, hot, hot! Try being a lady of a certain age at the moment, boiling from the outside as well as the inside. God, who'd be a woman? Well, that 14-year-old who's at school, he likes that, but I think he just wants the, the, the dressing up bit. I think it's the, the, the showy-off little bit. I don't think it's anything else at all. Uh, so if you are suffering in the heat, I know. Listen, but the trouble is, that's what we do. What do we talk about in this? Ask anybody. They, they come to this, this country for holiday and they go, all the Brits talk about is the weather. And that's absolutely right. That's what we talk about. We talk about the weather because it's important. It's important to us. If you're, if you're, you know, north of the border and you're turning on your taps and there's not much water coming out of there, you're, you're panicking, I should imagine. Very shortly, the standpipes will be back in the streets again, and uh, they'll have to start, you know, well, they've limited the water there. We're all right down here. We're fine, uh, provided we get deluged. I mean, we, what we need is about a week of deluging, don't we? And then it'll sort of top up the reservoirs, and we'll all feel a bit better about life. Because what they're going to do, if it, if it really chucks it down on Friday, which they're predicting it will, but they could be wrong, they've been wrong before, and let's face it, we spend an absolute fortune on the weather and they still can't get it right. You seriously might as well put fur cones out there and go, oh, look, one's turned green, it's going to rain. You know, red sky at night, something's on fire. Red sky in the morning, it's still burning. You know, that kind of stuff. People, people love things like that, don't they? They're always interested in, in us weather forecasts. They don't know any more than you and I, you know, know about it. They say, I mean, I never understand why after four o'clock in the morning you need to be told the weather. I tell you the weather at four in the morning. It's going to be hot. It's going to be cold. It's going to rain. You don't need to hear people doing it on the television. The BBC wastes way too much money on people going around going, oh, and today it's going to be this and here's this. and here's... We don't care. We don't care about it. They've probably done a correspondence course from Argos and they've sort of, they've got it. And then every time they go, and today because it's Wimbledon, we're going to send the weather forecaster down to Wimbledon. What for? What for? It's a waste of time and money. You want to save some money? Well, let's see some, let's see some evidence, shall we, of it, please. Thank you very much indeed. Soon, maybe, today, tomorrow, any time. I don't really mind. Uh, the world's on fire, say the sun. Slightly over-exaggerated, I think. We're not actually on fire. But, uh, you know, we have got... An awful lot of uh, parched-looking grass. But one deluge and it will all be back to green again. 
I'd forgotten what the colour green looks like. But uh, then they've got the alarming fall of Katie Price, a ridiculously stupid person who really has just completely screwed her life up. <clears throat> she doesn't take advice from anybody. Now she's posing for pictures, start naked on a beach in Thailand. And, uh, and you're expected to think this is normal, you know, while her businesses, whatever they were, uh, whichever shape or form, are just collapsing, collapsing. There is no money. There is nothing else. She's got a tax bill, I'm assuming, at the end of this month. She must know what it is. Unless she's managed to scrape the money together. It'll be interesting if, if, she, if she goes bang. That's what a lot of people do now. Uh, you've got a tax bill in of £400,000, blah, blah, blah. Well, she won't have it. It won't be anything near, near that. I should imagine she might have to find, at the most... What do I think? At the most, 20,000 quid. But, of course, if you don't have 20,000 quid... But, of course, in her case, she's earned the money. So she can either go bankrupt, in which case she'll have to admit she's a failure, and through nobody's fault but her own... You know, nobody asked her to have loads and loads of children. Nobody asked her to move into this house. Nobody asked her to have horses. Nobody asked her to do anything at all. But she thinks the money keeps rolling in. But, of course, the money doesn't. That's why all these people from reality shows, oh, I've bought myself this house and all the rest of it. And you think, that's great. That's great. But when all this work collapses, which it will, where do you think the money's going to come from? You could have to get a job. You know, all these sort of people, once they start moving into their sort of, into the middle years... And they start realising that there isn't this never-ending money pit. They're going to have to get a job, a proper job. Kerry Katona, I mean, she can't still be around in two years' time. No chance. She doesn't do anything now. You know, just doing panto a year. She'll have to... I mean, she's got another one with loads of children. You think, fantastic, great, I'm all in favour of big families. If you're earning the money. If you're not earning the money, and she's not. They're all having to... So, poor old Katie Price is having to downsize. Ha, 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 ha. You know, should have thought about this years ago when you started earning a bit of money. And she was never earning that much. She was sort of fairly at the cheap end of the market. The Beckhams have done it quite well because they've got this, this sort of nest egg. So they're never going to go bust. Elton John's never going to go bust. The reality show people, they're going to go, oh, I haven't, I haven't got a reality show. Of course you haven't. Nobody's interested. Because every year they keep turning out more people from reality shows. I mean, how on earth Chloe Sims is still even existing? is totally beyond me. I mean, she was in the original series of TOWIE. She never contributed anything to the programme. Never contributed so, so many of them. Little Arge. What's he going to be doing in years to come? He'll be stacking shelves. What's he fit for? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, what else we got here? Soldiers. Oh, everybody's getting a pay rise. Well, I say everybody. You might not be one of these people. The armed forces, 2.9%. OK, the police, 2%. Teachers, 3.5%. Prison officers... 2.75%. Specialty doctors, up an extra 2,120. And consultants, up an extra 1,550. I don't begrudge any of those people any money whatsoever. I really don't. In fact, actually, I'm, I'm quite pleased, judging by what some people get nowadays as, as a pay increase. You look at this, you think 2.9 for the armed forces. Yeah, why not? Soldiers will set for a, you know, a pay boost of nearly £1,000. Good. Good. I like that. Uh, Demi Lovato in all the papers today. You've probably seen it on the television, heard it on the news. And it's a case of, um, you know, she's OK. Her family are with her. She's OK. I didn't, I didn't really know enough about her. I had to sort of check out as well. And then naughty old Louise Thompson from Made in Chelsea. She was never a star. She was just sort of one of those good time girls on the programme. She's been slammed for duping followers after endorsing a watch without saying she was actually being paid for it. Oh, dear. How, how forgetful of you, Louise. How very forgetful. Uh, Jane Moore's column. 
Always good. Burberry must be plaid, she says. And then she's put down a, a new shoe. This is um, a heeled version of Crocs. Remember those those rubber shoes? Now they've done a heeled version of it, which is very interesting. Uh, plus, she talks about model David Gandhi. He's just one of those people who puts a pair of pants on and that's it. David Beckham's done it. They both have got these sort of me- moody-looking faces. But, I mean, never going to ask him his opinion on anything, are you really? I don't think so. Uh, also, what does she talk about as well? Oh, she talks about uh, the summer temperatures, the top ten irritants in life. If only she said it were just ten. I know how she feels. I know how she feels. Oh, and you can win a caravan with the sun. Very useful. <laughs> you don't have the strength to hitch it up or do anything else with it, but uh, you could win a caravan. So the planet gripped by this killer heat wave. And it is everywhere, isn't it? It is quite amazing. And that's why we're talking about it. If you don't like it, put your fingers in your ears and do la-las. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Steve, my uncle used to be an armourer at Scampton. This is the one that they're closing down. Uh, I went on base when I was around 10. It was awesome. 10pm, I think. Six Vulcan bombers lined up on the runway under orange floodlights. At this time, the pilots sat in cockpits 24 hours a day. Easy to roll. All seen with nukes. Never forget the sight. Can't believe it's making way for more blooming houses to even more blooming people, says Steve. I agree with you. But these air bases are huge. There's about 600 people will be, will be kicked out on this one. Although somebody's pointed out at RAF Scampton, because you know that we sort of grew up and spent most of our time on RAF uh, bases. Coningsby. Uh, was probably the the last one. My dad worked on another one, but it was a um, a missile tracking station. But somebody, Jim's pointed out at Scampton, what's going to happen to Guy Gibson's black Labrador grave? Do you remember the film? And you remember what the dog's called? You know what the dog's called, because it's that N-word that you can't use. But uh, it's a piece of history, isn't it? Our country's being treated like third world nation. As for the Red Arrows... They've closed so many air bases over the years. They've given themselves little choice on where to put them. I mean, I just, I mean, there was talk about disbanding the Red Arrows. I can't believe it. We just used them in a fly past a short while ago for the royal family. What's going on with the MOD? Too many of those people. You know, I think uh, send the boys back. You know, you know, start another bloody war. You know, it's ridiculous. Uh, Steve says, Lee, don't fall for the government spin. They haven't given the police a 2% pay rise. They've given us 2% and then taken away the 1% bonus from last year. So it's a 1% rise worth about 20 quid a month. Hardly worth bothering with inflation at 2.4%. Well, I don't know, 20 quid a month, that's a lot of ice cream. Come on, 20 quid. Listen, I mean, some people don't even get, some people don't even get a pay rise at all, you know, and, and you think to yourself, you know, it's like that. The whole idea about pay rises is that you reward somebody for doing good. But the company's got to be successful for them to give you the pay rise. And uh, Margaret says, I am a Glaswegian. Don't be so ridiculous. Of course you aren't. Honestly. She says, I holiday in Aruba in July. God, you must be there by yourself, I should imagine. Barbados in December. Just going to be you again, isn't it, really? Zermatt in January. I think not. And then Zurich in May. Zurich? What is there in Zurich? Are you manning the fountain or something? Is that, is that your, your sole job? And then Christmas shopping in Hong Kong. Really? You've kind of done it all backwards, haven't you, really? The trouble is, as you and I know, you know, Margaret, you're on medication. You don't really get out. You've just got a, a catalogue of holidays around the world. And, and that's, your, that's your dream, isn't it? Who used to do that? What was that thing? It was a cartoon on the television where it's a bloke and he used to sort of see things and then he'd go to that, that place... And he used to sort of imagine himself in these different countries. I can't, I can't remember who it was. But he used to imagine himself in all these different countries. And he would sort of get... That's a bit like Margaret. Margaret, whose real name, of course, 
is Morris, which is a bit of a shame, really. We've had to have you checked out, but never mind. John in Boulogne says, have I missed the hanging basket pictures? No, they're on the uh, on my uh, my Twitter. Apparently, here in France, all the towns and cities and even the roundabouts are planted beautifully. The worst thing is coming into Richmond, a roundabout, coming into Richmond, which is just overgrown with weeds. Nobody from Richmond Council is here. You could have got it sponsored by a garden centre. There's one just around the corner. You've got it sponsored by Sainsbury's or whoever. You know, do something. No, they've done absolutely all down there, really, which is very annoying, actually. But uh, hanging baskets on public buildings gives you a good feeling, says John. I know. And they're still watering them. I'm still watering, you know, which I like, because that's, that's part of it, isn't it, really? Uh, Dan says, wanted to say thank you for making my drive to work in the mornings enjoyable. And uh, it's just the heat, isn't it? If you've got air conditioning in the car, it's fantastic. You don't need to worry about anything at all. Front page of the Times. Terror police boost MP security over criticism of Asian sex gangs. This is Sarah Champion, accused by activists of uh, industrial-scale racism for highlighting the common ethnic heritage of most of those implicated in the town's sex grooming scandal. Criticism of the former Labour frontbencher has been led by a, a racial justice charity that claims to speak on behalf of the local Pakistani community. Uh, front page of The Guardian... Try and get through these as quick as possible. The unspeakable tragedy, 74 dead in the, the Greek wildfires. It is absolutely of biblical proportions. Front of the Telegraph today. It's uh, ways to wear this season's colours. Oh, my God, you're a dreary lot, aren't you? Look at this. Blue. Talk about going safe. They always say, if you open your wardrobe, what is the predominant colour that throws itself out at you? Probably in your cases back there. Bland. Would be it, wouldn't it? Beige. <laughs> it is. Men don't have bright... I mean, I'm, I'm fairly bright, but I'm fairly flamboyant and in show business. And hugely successful. And uh, so I can wear this kind of stuff. I can't wear this sort of stuff. I just feel I need a boost in the morning. You know, when you're looking at the wardrobe at, you know, midnight kind of thing. Not my wardrobe, but just go into other people's places and have a look through theirs. Sometimes I've come up with some very nice ideas. But uh, the Daily Express... At the front page, my court battle to win millions left by banker lover. He died, leaving a will of about, I think, four million, and the judge has said you can have half of it, which is nice, isn't it? What if I'm in anybody's wills? What if I'm in anybody's will? If anybody's left me anything? You know, I'd have to accept it, wouldn't I, I suppose? I'd have to. I was reading about... what. Really? Oh, right, OK. That's that old that's that old joke, isn't it? You know, did you remember Clive in your will? And the, the guy goes, hello, Clive. You know, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Have you done a will? I bet you've not even done a will, have you? No. See, I've done a will. You've, you've got to do one. You've got children. Tom Swarbrick's got children. Well, he says you've got well, Nobody's ever seen any evidence of this at all. He's just told us about them. But you have to do a will if, if you've got children. And if you're married, if you're married, you have to do one. Because if, God forbid... You know, you die in an accident. The person who is youngest is deemed to have live, lived longest. So your money could go, you know, to where you don't maybe want it to go. Daily Star, they're going to make a film about Torville and Dean. That was ages ago they did that. But apparently it's going to reveal all. Plus, boiling point, they say the country's gone into meltdown. I mean, it does seem to be every day, doesn't it? Every day that we complain about it. Plus, the Britons struggling to stay cool. And so they've got pictures of people jumping in, in uh, Stokes Bay in Hants. And I always think to myself, who are these people that jump in? Uh, plus parole horror, horror exclusive. All of that and more you can read in the, in the newspapers for today. And then, 
they're saying that on Friday the heavens are going to open and we're all going to get drenched and it's going to be fantastic and wonderful. I'm not too sure, I'm not totally convinced. But uh, let me just tell you that uh, we will be back tomorrow. You can go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk, and you can find out... What? What's the matter? <laughs> Is there something the matter with him this morning? What's the matter with him? Honestly, ever since you worn that shirt that was bought as a gift, I bet. Can't see you going out and spending money on something like that. Uh, so coming up on my free podcast for today, my little bit... I don't know why it's called my little bit extra... I feel quite depressed about that. It's not very nice, is it, really? Doing myself a disservice. I should tell you about the collapse of an empire. Yes, if you believe the papers, old Katie Price is now doing staged, steamy shoots to try to dodge bankruptcy. How she's going to pay the tax bill, I've got no idea. Also, one of the OK Yard types from Made in Chelsea has been caught out doing freebie adverts on social media. They really have no shame at all. Plus, I'll tell you more about why this country must be empty at the moment, because it seems everybody's on holiday. My little bit extra is totally free, available very shortly from wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you download the LBC app, as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can listen back to this and all the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. You just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on catch-up. It's as simple as that. Have yourself a great day. Just remember, if you're going on public transport, buses especially, take a bottle of water with you. It's, I promise you, you will thank me. You'll thank, and just at the end of the journey, as you get off and you go, thank you, driver, just pour it over your head. Just like that, just to cheer them up, because they don't have a, a lot to look forward to. James O'Brien's with you at 10, but next, Nick Ferrari at breakfast with Tom Swarbrick. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.